Oh, that that's down for the kids. Wait, what do you want us to do? You know, like how you normally have like on the picture, like it's a picture of the poster that, of the film that we're talking about. Instead, just because we're not technically reviewing anything, just have a picture of us just doing the Fortnite floss. Because then the kids will see that automatically. Google will recognise it and they'll start giving us money for it because it's Fortnite related. We could just talk about to talk Fortnite for half an hour. I mean, like we could just like we could spend the entirety of it just talking about Fortnite. So, guys, in in Fortnite news, the Carlton dance—they're being sued for it. <laughs> that pissed me off because that's not okay. Because you can't, like, you can't copyright. I can do the Carlton right now, and that's not. He did it on a show, but you can't like. Hang on, FBI, Zach just did the... You're recording this, aren't you, you bastard? You bastard. (laughs) If I do the carton in this room right now, I can't be sued for it. There would just be like a red dot that goes on your forehead from out the window. No, it'd be the scene from Predator where it's like he looks up and he's got the three dots and then his head just turns to mush. He would just open the door, Carlton would be there and he would just be like, clever girl. (laughs) (laughs) He just bites your head off. Oh, I found Alfonso. What? Alfonso Maltimer? No, that's um, Ricardo Maltimer. Caron's the only Alfonso that I, I need in my life. Because I know his real name is Alfonso. And I know... And I said Ricardo Maltimer, and that's the guy who played Khan in Star Trek. I'm an idiot for saying that. Um, but it does not matter. I think you can't actually like pattern a dance move. I believe you can. Unless if, like, you're Beyonce. I don't think the Carlton, I don't think he has enough ownership of it, given Fresh Prince hasn't been on the air for, like, nearly, what, 20 years now? It was in the 90s, wasn't it? It wasn't the 2000s, was it? No, I think it was 90s to... Yes, that's at least least 20 years where we've been without Fresh Prince. Which is a horrible world, really. I mean, a world without Fresh Prince isn't even worth living. I mean, I'm, I'm, although I'm, I'm, it has it has freed Will Smith up to play the genie, so for that I'll be forever thankful. Before we get into that, I'd like to make a confession. If you dare say you like the genie, then I'm. I'm oh, no, 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 okay. no, 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 okay, okay. We'll, we'll get into that in a minute. I don't know all the words to the opening to the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I don't. I get so far and then I just lose it. Well, Zach, this is a story. All about, all about how my life got, got flipped, flipped turned upside down. down and I'd like to take a minute to sit right there and tell you how came the Fresh Prince of Bella. I can do like a little bit after that and then I lose it I should just be the guy I lose it a little bit in the middle but then I should be the guy who does the keyboard because this is some pretty sick I always picture the cat doing that you know the the keyboard cat keyboard cat I like the keyboard cat yeah I always miss the keyboard well, cat whenever that comes on in in the club, the club. as it were it's do, always do, a... do, 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 do. Yeah, it's, it's a good song. It's a good beat. That's never ever come on in the club, has it? I'm talking about Fresh Prince. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about. I thought you were talking about the keyboard cat. I mean, yeah. I mean, if there is a club where the keyboard cat comes on, please yeah, call me. Please contact us. Let us know. We'll be there instantaneously. But no, the last time Fresh Prince was on, that was good because literally everyone fucking knew it. Although I didn't know all of it, I could just blend in and pretend I knew it. <laughs> Pretend. I had seen an episode. Be that shot two. from Ghost Protocol as Tom Cruise he puts on the the hood and walks and then he just comes the thing. But I think the genie needed a hood because he looks appalling. Although apparently he is going to be CG for the most part. That's just his human form. Which I thought was stupid because I thought, thought although it looks awful that he is human, it's still quite a bold move, and it does very much set it apart from Robin Williams. Whereas if he does eventually go big and blue, then it's like. 
I'm just going to be thinking of Robin Williams the whole time. I saw a thing that's like, are they just trying to force Will Smith and um, actually like casting Aladdin as the actual ethnicity and stuff down our throats? Because then when the film's bad on purpose, everyone will be like, oh, now let's just do it back to the originals. And it's like, do they realise that Disney want to make all the money off this? Like that? Well, it will. It'll blow up. I mean, it's in a release window. I think it's in... I, I, I'm, I'm desperate to say it's in June. There's not very much... I have much a feeling it's summer, yeah. Other than Godzilla, there's not very much that's been confirmed for June yet. Um, so I think it will do quite all right, particularly if they're looking Hobson for like a Hobson Shaw, A Fast and Furious story. That's... No, it's Fast and Furious Presents Hobson <laughs> Shaw. <laughs> oh, don't get me started, but... Like, I think it will still make a lot of money because it's that family window. Lots of people want to go and see... What can I take my kids to? I can't take them to go and see the big monster movie. I can take them to go and see Aladdin. I mean, my, my dad would take you to go and see Godzilla because it's fucking awesome, but <laughs> everyone likes Aladdin. Even if he does look awful. Also, I was meaning to tell you with <coughs> my PC back at the uni place, it means that I can't really edit this, so it's literally as soon as we start recording, which we have been now for five minutes, 20. Because you're just a horrible um, person. It means that... Nothing can be edited out. So as, un, unless we really, really fuck up. Yeah. Like Zach starts going on his certain rants again, and some other things. Will I'd like to actually see Bill Maher be murdered really publicly in the street. Yeah, it's things that's like that a, that I can't edit out. Zach, it's, it's really things like that that thing. I just can't. No, but that's an important thing because he told people how to grieve, and he told people that Stanley's death didn't matter. So die in the street, alone, cold, and not having had a nice dinner before you've died. And then All Zach's out. words are his own. Gotta <laughs> bring like, this one back if again. We ever, if we ever do merch, imagine if we get to that golden point in the sky where we do merch, you could just do a t-shirt that says all Zach's words are his own. Because I think that'll become one of the catchphrases that the fans will love. I think uh, at this point we just need a sound effect that signifies it, like a second long, so I, so I don't have to waste my breath on emphasising to, to it people. Just, it just comes in. Yeah, and then everyone's like, oh, okay, well, that's, the, that's the noise. Like it's, um, and his name is John Cena, and those horns come in. And then you could just, I say something rude and appropriate, and that comes in. Did you see John Cena or Graham Norton? I did, so I was very I felt, for I him. felt quite sorry for him, because... Uh, Jamie Oliver started talking about the British wrestlers and then John Cena goes like, and then the audience cheered and then John Cena goes and I'm John, John Cena, Cena and they were just quiet oh, <laughs> so, like, I would have cheered oh, for John Cena just been like the one dude in the crowd I think whole Citizen Kane bitches <laughs> just do a Shia LaBeouf just clap <laughs> solidly for 10 minutes like people on this crew and the audience have asked you to stop John Cena has asked you to stop but you keep on going <laughs> Just, just so he knows because although he'd be annoyed in that brief moment he'd go to bed later that night and he'd think that guy cared enough just makes me think a bit of like the the bit in the lobster where he's there on the <laughs> so the coach is like but he still thought his excuse was really good <laughs> oh, I, I love that I haven't film. watched the lobster in so long no. and lots of people are re-watching it I re-watched moment, it yesterday really, yes you've re-watched it and I'm desperate to re-watch it because it's fucking perfect Nah, although the music is so much like the the Me Channel from Wii, I forgot how <laughs> that much it was. That your letterbox review, and yeah. I was like, 
Don't make me think of this. Don't make me think of it. Just, <laughs> don't don't do this, please. Like it made me wish for Connor and Lydia just to be able to do the do 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 do, and they just join in and do it. But they sadly weren't there. Normally I do that and they come running. Like even if they're deep in work, they just come running and they just start. But, I mean, who knows? They they may be running from up north now. They might they just have an ETA of like three days. Yeah, give them time here. and they will arrive. It's like um. In Terminator 2, he, he walks a long while, but he eventually does catch up to you. Oh, it's, it follows, but you don't have to have sex to pass it on. I, I was thinking more Striker at the end of X-Men Origins. He's like worn his shoes out <laughs> everything. And he's just still walking. Right, this is something that I'd like to make a point of. Because this was a deep, deep controversy that I think occurred between me and Jake. We were recently on a trip to York. It was a lovely coach ride. He slept for most of it. Got great <laughs> pictures of him. And we actually, and we actually drove past some of those um, cooling towers that you get, like a. Um, At the beginning of the Simpsons, like yeah, the, like pa- the yeah. power plant. I don't know stuff. what they're called, the power plant stuff. Yeah. And I made a reference, and I said, "Oh, I bet Wolverine, Sabretooth, and Deadpool are on top of that, and they're having a fight." And you wouldn't speak to me for a solid twenty minutes after that. I think we just caught. And you think it's horrible. <laughs> when I make jokes about X-Men Origins, but you do it all the time. You've done it three times in the past. I, I do it tastefully. I can't recall the jokes, but you've done it three times. It's, I've made, I made that very tasteful, because before you were quiet on me, you did distinctly laugh. You were trying no, so I didn't. hard not to laugh. I was dead silent. <laughs> you Don't you give hard. me this try Your not to laugh thing. Your eyes said differently. I can see you want to let it out. I tape my mouth shut like they tape Wade Wilson's mouth shut. Exactly. Thank you. At least they finally found a way to shut you up. Jafar looks hot though. Are we back on this? <laughs> yes, because we will keep on in that's entertainment related, even if we're off the topic well, for anything. Well, now we're exactly at the 10 minute mark. I'm just going to say hello and welcome back to the Snowy <laughs> Popcorn Podcast. This is the second annual Christmas edition, and we don't really have that much Christmassy s- stuff to talk about, no, to be honest. Because Jake refused to watch the Christmas Chronicles. Excuse which, me. Which would have, have you been, seen the Christmas Chronicles? Which would have been a I've pitched moment. it to you. Yeah, which would have been a beautiful moment. Which would have been a teachable moment for Kurt Russell. But we'll do one in the new year. It'll be big. And Not for the Christmas Chronicles, though. No, no. I mean, ah. it'll be a big grand thing. It'll be a big extravaganza. And we'll have a monthly schedule planned out so this actually works. This yeah, we have a few deadlines when we get back after New Year's, but hopefully we'll one very early on in the new year and that'll subside all our three fans <laughs> we'll have a new schedule for when we film these and we'll have a new schematic for how it is recorded and it will just sound cooler for those three you say how it's recorded we know like i mean yeah. what we're saying oh, okay i thought you made it sound like <coughs> it's just going to be like we whistle a mic drops from the ceiling and then we start talking into it like we're a boxing commentator or something no there's gonna be one day where we get um we get Stephen Hawking voice emulators and we type everything we want to say really quickly. So you've got the typing, then you've got the weird voice emulator, and that will be an episode. And we'll t- we'll do it when we talk about like Aquaman. Only if my voice can have an Irish accent. Otherwise, I don't want to know. No, but it's Stephen Hawking. You have to have the Stephen Hawking one. 
Well, yeah, but they'll get confused between. Yeah, but then that's an even inter- more interesting thing. They've got to listen more carefully just to know who's who. And they've got to think. Well, no, because all I'll have to be saying the whole time, I'll just have the one phrase typed out and just be pressing enter is Zach's words on his own. <laughs> because you'll try and muddle it up and make it sound like I'm saying shit. I'm not saying anything. I don't want Jake anyone to die. I, I'm not wanting Bill Maher to. No, not at all. Zach's words are his own. Zach's words are entirely his own. You just hear me sigh every time you just press enter. <laughs> oh, f- God's sake. There comes a point where he just distinctly like walks off and you can hear it. And he's gone to make a cup of tea and it's just, I go on then. But Jafar is hot. Man is a man. Life is short and Jafar is hot. <laughs> Shut up. It's the same rain. Shut up. It's the same rain. Shut up. Shut up. Thought I'd get it. <laughs> Shut up. I know you'll get it. It'll piss me off that he will. It'll piss me off that you brought that back up. And I'm trying to talk about a man who wears a turban very well. Whatever it is that Jafar wears. It looks like a hat. It looks like a turban. I don't want to be culturally inappropriate. Yeah, no, I'm not getting involved in that. <coughs> he looks attractive, and I think that's, that's a good way to go for Jafar, because I've always found him to be sympathetic. I like how they've gone for unknowns, because it's like, yeah. well, apart from Will Smith, apart but because Smith. then it's like, if obviously they wouldn't, but this is just the first name that's come to my head. If they cast Tom Cruise, for example, for starters, it'd be completely inappropriate. But I only see Tom Cruise as Tom Cruise yeah. or Ethan Hunt. Good fucks. And then, like, whereas here, if it's an unknown, and it's ah, it's just it's, you then they're then seen as Aladdin for the rest of their life, even when they try and do other exactly. things. Exactly. So it's good for us, but it's awful for them. And that's all that matters. At the that's end all that matters. At the end of the day, as long as I go to the theatre and I enjoy myself, I don't care if you were having an awful time on set. <clears throat> and that really is what the Me Too movement is all about. But yes, there is another thick boy on Hollywood, though. There is another thick young man. And that is Sonic. That thick boy. as in how how wide. Yeah, like those are muscular legs. Those are muscular thighs and those are nasty shoes that he's wearing. And I love that, I think it was Sony. Was it Sony? Was it Fox? Put up the picture of him holding the sign. I think it's Fox. Saying, can't a guy work out? See you next year. It was Fox. Yes, it was Fox because Sony did not do it. No. Although, (coughs) with, with like Detective Pikachu, they made him look all furry and shit. And that looks all right. Yep. But then with Sonic, it's like, why not just leave him yeah. animated like he is in everything? Just I get it with Pokemon, they're converting it from 2D to 3D. Yep. And they're very cute. But then here, it's like, you already have 3D models and it's like, why why make him furry? Unless yeah. this is unless this is the world-renowned, critically acclaimed Sonic Unleashed, oh. where he turns into... The werehog. The werehog. Then I don't want to know if he's all. Did you ever play fair. Sonic Unleashed? Yeah, I did. I've got, I've got it on right, the Wii. Right, got it on the Wii. I'm gonna beat you in a minute. Just, oh, it just it gets me because I feel really bad for my for Fox because Warner Bros. did it amazingly with Detective Pikachu and everyone went wild about it. Everyone was like, "Fuck yeah, this is awesome!" <laughs> they were probably sat there like, like <laughs> wait until Sonic comes on, and then everyone hates it. Have you seen the picture where he's lying down in the car? It's his face on show as well. I haven't seen the one. Oh, it looks face, awful. No. His face looks awful. I've only seen the silhouette and his legs as he opens wide for San Francisco. His his nose looks like a real hedgehog's nose. 
I mean, hedgehogs are cute, so... But I'm expecting a Sonic where he's got a nose like that, and it's like... Oh. It's like this is an audio-only podcast. Right, well, he's got a long, pointy nose, fine. Well, the viewers will know. He's no, like Boulder Pikachu. will know. No. Boulder will know. He's like Pinocchio. He's been telling some porky, so he's got like a pointy nose. Exactly, but not like... Exactly. Going too far. I've been thinking about that a little bit more than I should have done. What, Sonic or Pinocchio? No. Pinocchio? <laughs> it's like, all right. Who the hell's Pinocchio? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but anyway... Here because that could help a lot in a pickle if you think about it. Because one, don't need to, it solves the tree problem in the world because you just get him to lie, cut off his nose, and then you have infinite wood. I don't think it regrows, I think it regresses. Is it like guaranteed that it would regrow? Well, every time he lies, it grows, doesn't it? Yeah, but then, yeah, when, so he, if they yeah, cut but then when he's off, telling then the truth, lie. like it goes back in. Yeah, so if they just get him to tell constant bullshit. Yeah, but it's like. Forgive me for being incredibly foul, but it's like your penis. It's like when you become. Why are you bringing Pinocchio to this <laughs> because, phallic thing? Because, because when you get harder and someone cuts that off, that doesn't regrow, does it? Don't say does it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That doesn't regrow. I don't think Pinocchio's nose would regrow. Because it can only go so far. Exactly. Like, these are very different contexts, <laughs> and I don't think that you ever want this to be quoted back to you what you're saying. You'll be there. Sat with your grandkids one day, someone will come up to you and say, How dare you, you sir? talk about How dare you Pinocchio talk about no. Pinocchio like that? Hey, I'm just going to join that esteemed group of men who thought it would be a good idea in Shrek 2 to insinuate that Pinocchio was a cross dresser. I'm a real boy. No, it's because he's wearing a thong. Yeah. And they say, Are you wearing are you wearing ladies' underwear? And he's like, It doesn't and it doesn't go out. And they go, Well, are you? He goes, I certainly am not. And then they show it off, and it's like that was in a children's film. What's wrong? What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. It's just like you don't get that anymore. <laughs> I miss those days. But anyway, you don't. I'm get, talking about infinite. You don't get the days where in the Star Wars holiday, no, the Ewok movies, where which is meant for children. You could have Wilfred Brimley when a machine doesn't work. He goes fuck, and then he walks off. You don't get that in a kids' movie anymore because no one complains about Wilfred Brimley saying the f word in the Ewok movies. And those it's because I don't children. think it's because anyone saw them. Enough people saw them, that's what matters. But you had a point and you were going to make it. Anyway, I think like just infinite wood, just get them to... I mean, like you're sacrificing one one sentient toy. I mean... But does it hurt when you cut off his nose? Just, just give him some paracetamol. You're one of those people who like when... In Return of the Jedi, Gonk gets turned upside down. He gets his feet cut, set on fire. Oh no! You're one of those people who says, "Just give him some paracetamol. It'll be fine." Yeah. <laughs> yeah but they if have it, feelings. If it still hurts, if it still hurts, give him some ibuprofen. As they well. are alive. <laughs> they just uh, you should never you should never mix paracetamol and ibuprofen. That's actually quite dangerous. That's a bit of a PC, PSA. You should never mix. Yeah, Turns out there is a point to this podcast, <laughs> and it's to look, inform look. the masses not to not to mix paracetamol with ibuprofen. You said something that was potentially harmful to sentient puppets and human beings alike. I know there is the. Whole I never said for human consumption. <laughs> in my defence, in my defence, well I said. I mean, like you basically said as you said it as though you were offering advice to someone. I'm here, and I'm sure. That they heard it too, because droid lives do matter, as L3 and Solo really taught us. Droid lives do matter, and you can't, for that reason, give them both paracetamol and ibuprofen, because apparently it does bad things to you. 
Or at least that's what my mother told me. And I, I tend to trust my mother. You're a wise woman. She is a very wise woman. Yeah. So, yeah. Wise beyond her years. Exactly. So don't, as Jake would have you to do, take paracetamol. Only to Pinocchio, right? Yes, but Pinocchio is a sentient being. He feels. There's a reason he gets so scared at the end and he drowns. I mean, if anything, if he did drown, the wood would soak it up and then it would be like, well, you'd need to harvest the wood before it rotted. It would expand the wood and then there would be more wood to harvest. Or they do what they did in episode 15 of season one of Once Upon a Time where it turns out that he comes to the real world and then he becomes the somewhat anti-hero as he had been on the show at that point. August, the mysterious writer who appeared in Storybrook. That was a little thing for the people who enjoyed that show. I, in my naivety as a young lad, thought that was an okay show. And I realised how wrong I was. And I realised how upset, much I've upset Jake. But for people who enjoy one So time, thank you for joining us for the Snow Popcorn <laughs> Podcast. It's been a hell of a time. Goodbye. <laughs> Look, it was a legitimate show that lots of people enjoyed. Still going. No, it's not. It's over. They did the final season. Now it's over. No, because they kept it going without Jennifer Morrison. No, they got rid of her. Yeah. They did one final season with the young boy grown up, and now it's over. I'll have to speak to Holly about that. I've, I, I, because it was like marketed as the final season. So. Uh, well, I hope it's the final series, because I'm sick of people talking about it. Oh, I don't think Holly will like you. I'm sick of it. I mean. Sebastian Stan was on that and you know it's good quality when Sebastian Stan's on it because that guy's a hell of an actor and he's not overrated at all. I don't like Sebastian Stan, I'm sorry. I just feel like he's just a moody face. and Yeah, I get you. The guy works out really hard and I envy that, how much he tries. But he's just a moody face. I think his best performance, Marvel-wise, was... Probably Civil War. Yeah, but even there, he's just like... Oh, yeah, I'm not saying he... Well, to be fair to him, they don't give him... Actually, no, I'd say performance-wise... They give him a lot, and he doesn't do a lot. No, I wouldn't moody. say they give him a lot. I think they gave him enough. Like, in that first scene where he sees Steve, and it's like... You're remembering who you are? And it's like, yeah, they could be a little bit more there. The only one who's actually trying is Chris Evans. And you can tell that he's the one that wants to be there. The least. The least. And to think that they're, and they're optioning Sebastian Stan as a replacement for the bloody character. I won't go and watch his movies. I won't. I just won't. I don't care. I didn't see Winter Soldier in the theatre. I didn't see it until a year after it came out. I won't ever watch Sebastian Stan's one. I'm, I'm annoyed I missed Winter Soldier in the theatre. Because that would have yeah, been really incredible. good. I watched the other bit of the scene again last night. Just by random, because it was on my suggestion. I was just like, oh, what a movie. I have a I have a bone to pick with the Russos though. It's also a bone to pick with Owen Wilson and Matt Dillon as well. What's Owen Wilson done wrong? You mean Dupree? What was going on there? I I that is the first film I've passionately despised. I'll give you this: I've never seen it. Don't. Don't. It's, it's a waste of your time. It's a waste of everyone's time. It's like the Russos. Look, they've done some good shit. All right? Yeah. They've done some good shit. Arrested Development. They did Community as well, didn't they? I think they did a few episodes of Community. I think they did a few. They, they did a few. 
They've done a few comedy shows. Yeah. And then they're also doing the bloody Marvel films now. It's like, all right, you're doing, you're doing, you're doing good. Right. You're doing all right for yourself, right. young man. That's, that's something to make a father proud. And then you go make you, me and Dupree. What's, what's going on there? What's going on there? It's like when you when you've got a relationship where you marry someone and you meet the in-laws and there's often this, this stringent father who's either like oh so what do you do or oh hey man what do you do and you and you say to him I made you mean Dupree what are you supposed to say to the man when you say that I have vowed from yesterday from when I saw the house that Jack built any time I see a film with Owen Wilson in it Matt Dillon or by the Russos and the woman I can't remember her name from now on my review's only going to be I can't forgive them for you me and Dupree no matter how good the film is that's just going to be what my review is that did confuse me when you put that on your house that Jack built review I thought was he just trying to is that a reference to something in the film and I thought why would that reference you me and Dupree I do have a well I mean it's the main actor but I do have a thing I do have a thing to say about (coughs) the house that Jack built Lars von Trier has this big sequence in it. No spoilers. No, it's no spoilers. Because I am desperate to watch this at some point. It's almost like a Jower sequence-ish. Oh. Ish, except it doesn't layer things on top of each other. Where he just references his own films. Prick. And it's just like... Dude. Dude. I mean, he references like... That's like in Halloween one, but... 3 where the kid is watching the first Halloween movie. That's just rude. It's like, except Spielberg had more dignity in it, but when Spielberg did all this stuff in the Oasis for Ready Player One and 90% of it was the stuff he did, that's just because of how influential he was. He couldn't avoid it. But here... I don't think he would have had a say in that at all. I don't think we would no, say because, that. Um, You're going in it no matter what. Yeah, Particularly cause... given how it is in the book. Yeah, the writer of the book. Fuck, what's his name? The... Oh, Ernest Klein. Ernest Klein, that's it. He said that Spielberg was very much on trying to dampen down all of his other stuff yeah. in it, but, but yeah. No. So damn you, damn you, Lars von Trier. I mean, you, you do, you do. Odd films that I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad of being made. Like uh... you were glad you sat for *Nymphomaniac* volumes one and two. You've done some good films. I'm very <laughs> hesitant about watching. This. Don't. Right, this is another PSA to the masses. Never watch Nymphomaniac Part 1 or Part 2, ever. Why? Ever. Because I've heard they're good, just besides the if you If you watch it, only watch Part 1. Oh, really? Because Part 1 actually has some good points in it, like storyline, plot-wise, and but then the second one... And they do full-on do it, right? Yeah. Oh, dear. And it, in the first one, I think Stuck, like Chris Stuckman talks about it well in his review a lot of people are calling it pornographic and he says it's not pornographic in the first one because they're not glorifying it at all it's just yeah. a thing the characters are doing in the second one however he feels and I agree that they are sort of glorifying it and it is just a bit too over the top and a bit yeah so like, if, you, if you watch it only watch part part one even though Willem Dafoe's in part two but oh Willem Dafoe does he get his thing out no nah. Ah. He's in it for all of 20 seconds. Oh, you're kidding. What's even the fucking point? Yeah, exactly. It's so, like what the first bloody John Wick did. Waste him. Yeah, so... Don't don't watch it. Oh, I've also, had enough of society wasting Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Because 
I loved him in Florida Project. He should have won an Oscar he's, for that. He's a good man. He's a good man. And he doesn't ask for anything in return. He just says, thank you for letting me take part. Although, my recommendation, because, it's, yeah, it's a Christmas episode. I'm not going to recommend a Christmas film. Recommend as much as you want, dude, because I'm going to recommend shit later. Yeah, but it is going to be a Lars von Trier film because I've been dying to talk about it with you for ages, so I'm going to recommend it. Recommend but, it. But anyway, this is the Christmas episode, so we're supposed to be spreading no, joy no, and No, recommend the positivity. last one, because that's what more people need to see. Oh, no, I'll recommend it at the end when oh, people fine. do. Fine. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm a tease You're a when tease. it comes to recommendations. You're, you're that guy who sends out the photos and says, want more? Follow on my private Instagram. I'm I'm the dude who go go to like your wedding for free, take a load of pictures for you as <coughs> as a wedding photographer. I'm not just going to intrude on your wedding. I promise. <laughs> I can, just, can we please make a short film where you just break into a wedding and you just start taking pictures of people? Like, Let us see them come five minutes. Like you don't know anyone here, do you? That has you actually given sprint. me a really good idea. Can we please just make that as a short film. You just turn up. Right, social we're planning event. this now. So it's essentially just going to be like me as a photographer going around this wedding, and being like, "Oh, hey guys, say cheese, cheese and everything." Then at the end, <laughs> the bride and the groom will be like, "We oh, don't know who you uh, are." Who is that bloke? And I'll just be like the runoff. <laughs> <laughs> just have a sprint. Can we please make that? Like yes. the second we find out anyone we know is getting married, like if we hate them or if we don't know them, we just find a way to get. Or we married. actually break into someone's wedding. We actually <laughs> break into someone's wedding. <laughs> We would go down though, like in history. Like, these are the guys that broke into someone's wedding. I mean, I know would be more revolutionary. But... Would be more revolutionary than bloody Breathless, like by John Luke Goddard. Would be. <laughs> don't watch that, by the way. No, I don't. I'm never going yeah, to. I wasn't keen. Every time Celie's put that on, I've wanted to fall asleep. Yeah. Honest I... to God. You know, there's that bit that Celie was talking about where um, instead of putting the track down, they had the dude on the wheelchair. Yeah. You see his reflection about 100 times Seriously, in that oh, scene. Fuck. And it's sort of like, I I really don't mind about reflections and stuff in films. Like There's that one in Enchanted where they're all in the hotel mirror. Yeah. But when it's that obvious, yeah. it's You're doing you something see. wrong. But anyway, <laughs> let's not hate on the French New Wave too much. Um, well, I don't hate the French New Wave. I was just given too much of it to have to deal with in one week. Yeah. I was already tired that week anyway, so. Yeah. Yeah. Resentment. No, but just come back from York and it's like right now go and talk about French New Wave and it's like fuck <laughs> that's annoying me and what time we've managed to get to half an hour just talk just chatting shit which is wonderful this is what we do for time codes I have no clue what I'm gonna put I'm just gonna put when we actually get to the Christmas it's just, stuff it's just gonna be like a picture of you and me doing gang signs no Zach we've it's just, it's we, gonna be a no, we discussed this before we're gonna no, be flossing no no <laughs> Stop. No, I tell you what we could do. It's just a it's um just a gif of you know the beginning of Batman and Robin where they're just suiting up. It's just a continuous on loop gif of that. But then at the end you just put our faces on them. And then I can just I can do I want a car. Chicks dig the car. And then you can say I don't wanna overdo <laughs> this joke because it happens about three times an episode. But you're listening to the to the death and slow crumble and of the sad popcorn podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm not. I think really we're giving it something to evolve from. This is the assassination of the Sour Popcorn podcast by the coward, Zach Lishman. <laughs> I don't even I, think you got the reference. I got, that, I got the reference. Okay, I, just, I okay. thought you said assassination. I was like, what? No. Assassination. <coughs> assassination Nation. Assassination Best film of 2018. Lots of people are giving that a lot of praise and lots of people are shitting on it, so I don't know whether to watch it or not. I'll, I'll watch it and then see how it goes. Yeah. But for the time being, I'm trying to get through as many Coen Brothers films as I can. You watched The Serious Man, didn't you? Yeah. What did you think of that? It's my favourite Coen Brothers film. I love it. I can't, I, I can't keep, I, I know this is my letterbox review, but I can't keep saying goodbye to Richard Kind. No, you really can't. It just, it happened with Bing Bong, and it's happened in, in pretty much any film. And yeah, he's a bit of a prick in this Oh, he's one. such a prick, he wanted but, to die. But he only, he only means well at the end of the day. But it's just, there are so many moments in that film where I just want to hug Michael Stubach so badly, because it's mm. just it's like, he was screaming what I was screaming, just like, what is going on? Why is this happening? I felt so bad for the bloke. I still prefer <coughs> his performance in Call Me By Your Name, though. Oh, God, good grief, yeah. But, no, I just fucking love that film. I mean, like, it's just, it's an incredible Coen Brothers movie. I watched it on my um, Coen Brothers collection Blu-ray set. Oh, beautiful set. And um, it has hours of behind-the-scenes stuff. Oh, yeah. Mm. And it was really interesting um, because they were just talking about making, like, that road like it was in, like, period setting. And, um, like, they just showed behind-the-scenes footage and it was, like, just how Roger Deakins lit the outside bit, outside the doorway, he's talking to the, let's just say, friendly neighbour. She um, was friendly. She was very friendly. Wish I had a neighbour like that. But it was just how he put, like, diffusers and stuff up because the sun was very intense and they didn't really speak about lighting, but just from, like, that one behind-the-scenes shot, it, you learn so much about it because Roger Deakins is just a master. I mean, like, I did enjoy it. My favourite bit behind-the-scenes-wise is when they spoke about, you know when the sun's high at um, his bar mitzvah? Yeah. And the camera does all that weird stuff. Yeah. He was talking about how they did it and what lens they used and stuff because mm. Deakins found this specific thing yeah. that... Yeah, and that was very interesting. So uh, go out and get the Coen Brothers Blu-ray set. Yeah. Because it's I've got very, very few Coen Brothers movies that I haven't seen. Like, Blood Simple's one. Yeah, that's very Buster good. Buster Scruggs I haven't seen. It's alright. But I've seen... I, I'm, not, I'm thinking I'm going to like that more than you did, but I've seen so many I love. And they're just... the movies I just love to return to. Mm. Like, I can't count how many times I've watched Hail Caesar, even though I don't like it very much. <laughs> Why rewatch? Because it's just... It's like... It's just... I watch it and I just think I, I should be taking notes. Right, I need to start doing this. I need to start doing that in films that I make. And it's just I know I said this to you before on air, and you were just as surprised as I was. But Francis McDormand's married to I think yeah. it's Joel Cohen, rather than Ethan. But I can't tell them apart. I just I consider them one person. They are one entity. Yeah, they look similar as well. Like so, that's enough. I mean, I mean that's because they are brothers. But it was on. It it seriously is. I know I keep going on about it, but it's one of my favorite series on YouTube now it's the ex-famous actor breaks down the most iconic roles and when they actually get famous interesting person like when they when Jeff Bridges did it he was talking about working with the Coens yeah and he said it was literally like you're on set you have the script and then it's like it's not bickering between the brothers on what they're going to do it's literally just both of them will pitch their idea for it then they go oh no yours is better then they'll go with that and it's just chill and it's just really relaxed environment on set 
And um, whereas I can imagine a lot of people, it's just arguments. Yeah. Like also, imagine a set of Yumi and Dupree with the two Russos. <laughs> they were they were fist fighting each other. Really? No. Oh, well, <laughs> I don't know. I'm guessing they were. I'm guessing they were. This is a sour popcorn exclusive. Onset fights on Yumi and Scoops Dupree. Scoops McGee has found this out for us. Scoops McGee. Jesus, have you never heard of Scoops McGee? For our, our entertainment after this is sorted bloody hell. Scoop McGee is Dan Rowell's alter ego. It's incredible. Have you never seen Scoops McGee? I've never seen Scoops McGee. Oh, they used to do cl- clickbait and it was every week. And Dan Rowell would disappear. But Scoops McGee would return. And he would tell you all of the secrets of Hollywood. Nine times out of ten, they were fake. But there was the occasional one where it was like... Oh my god, and then Dan would just walk right back in just as Scoops was leaving. It was like, how could you miss him? And it was a great trick every week. I miss Scoops. And they've promised one day they'll bring him back. So was it he was just completely guessing and it would be coincidence that one of them... Yeah, but he did a very funny accent while he did it, and it was quite funny. And he wore a hat, and he made... While he did it, Scoops McGee sounds like it's his own person. Scoops McGee, like, is his own character in a way. Character? Or person, I don't know. I thought he was an actual person. It's just a shame that Dan right, well, We're going to sit you down and we're going to show you him. Okay. We'll show you Scoops McGee <laughs> because it's just something I think you need to experience. But anyway, with Jeff Bridges talking about yeah, yeah, like, working Bridges. on um, Big Lebowski and stuff, with, uh, he says a lot of people are like, oh, how improvised was that? Because it just feels natural. And he's like, no, they're just such geniuses that it was word for word written in the script. It's just they went through it loads of times yeah. to just make it feel natural. God damn it, <coughs> I love the Coens. I haven't watched The Big Lebowski in years and it really upsets me. I just love like naked Julianne Moore flying through the flying through the room. It's just like, why? I also watched a I genuinely will do it one day, like if I ever am cool enough to have my own house, I wanna do like my bathroom mirror has got the times magazine just so I can walk past that every morning and just have that look I love how it's Mark Pellegrino who's the one that I, I love Mark road. Pellegrino um, he's gone downhill but I love the bloke but I watched a video essay I think it was by Thomas Flight that was talking about the Coen Brothers side characters and how to make it an yes. impact mm. and then how some of them literally only have like 25 seconds of screen time yeah. and yet are still some of the most memorable people yeah, exactly. in the film yeah, it was very interesting so there's like it's like a thing I was watching the other day and it was like um it was like the phenomenon of like side characters that like steal a film, hmm. and like they were talking about how like um. This is less so a side character, but it was like the two ones that really stuck out to me. It's like um, Tom Cruise and Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Like, less of a side character, but still like in very late in briefly for the film, but it's like steals the whole thing completely. And I know you haven't seen it, but there's a scene in Hell or High Water. Where there's a waitress who just comes up to them and she's like, "What don't you want?" And they're like, "What?" And she just talks Jeff Bridges down to nothingness and that's not an easy task it's absolutely hilarious that's one of the best scenes I've ever seen in a very serious Oscar winning film and it's just like oh god this came out of this and it's beautiful there's something that confuses me about Jeff Bridges because in a lot of his recent <coughs> films not does that but yeah, he, like especially in Bad Times at El Dorado, I'm, no, El Royale. El Royale. I'm hoping to watch El Royale when I hopefully get home. If I don't watch Grand Budapest, I will hopefully watch El Royale. Try and watch it, because it is interesting. I'm very excited but, for it, because I think I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad I watched it on the cinema screen, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. But he does a very certain accent in it, and you'll struggle to hear what he says. He does that in Hello High Water as well. 
Mm. Like, and it is very just like that, that Texan man. And it's like, I kind of, after an hour, you understand what he's saying, but it's that first hour is a lot of fun trying to learn what he is saying. It's like sometimes Tommy Lee Jones in No Country for Old Men mumbles a bit too much. Oh, hell yeah. Like, I know I'm known for mumbling, but yeah. sometimes he's all like, Jake, that speak up a bit, please, Jake. Don't be raising voice, Jake. You've got such a lovely voice. It's like she's in the room. <laughs> she's in the room with us. She's in the room with us. I can't believe it. I remember on our first drama lesson with her, uh, she was talking about miming and drama and everything, and then she starts to mime that she has this baby, and then she hands it to Josh, and then she's like, oh, will you look after my baby? And he's there like, yeah. And then like for the rest of the... Because we're all sat in a circle in the, in the room, and then about 20 minutes later after she's finished talking about like what we expect to do on the course, she then turns to Josh, who's still there like pretending to... like. <laughs> hold the baby like rocking it and she's like what are you doing <laughs> you gave me a baby <laughs> he's like i've got your baby it's like what <laughs> i mean obviously she was doing it to take the fist out of him she oh there they are what a, what a woman what, what a, a woman. woman write a book <laughs> she should write a book she'll do good but anyway christmas <laughs> you should have watched um hell high water because it was on last night and i rewatched a lot of it and I forgot that's a fucking fantastic movie. And I think if I go back and I look back and I think 2016 was a fantastic year. But in much reflection, that's my new favourite film of that year. Really? It really is. It's overtaken La La Land almost. Because it's just such a well-made film. And I just think you come out of that and it's just it's like it's very much like what Call, Call Me By Your Name was like it was beautiful and you were there for the summer like it doesn't mean anything to anyone else when the plot's done but it's just it was brilliant while you were there and you just feel so quiet about it afterwards you should really watch that man just get your chance get ahead watch it find a good copy not like me who bought it and there's no disc inside but that's that would look day. so dodgy going back to the shop and being like, so I bought this DVD from you and it no didn't have a disc. It, <laughs> Shit you not, when I, was, when I was bagging up discs to go for uni, like I just opened a box and there was no disc in it. <laughs> and I looked for a solid hour and there was no disc anywhere. I bet your sister like secretly has it and was like hidden it. <laughs> I doubt she'd even know I own it. Like, I doubt she even knows I own Hell High Water. Well, I own the, the box for Hello High Water. <laughs> I mean, actually, owning what you pay for is a bit underrated, like overrated. Yeah. But anyway. Oh, sorry, Mr. Now TV. <laughs> Mr. Oh, yeah, I'll catch this before it goes off on Now TV, and then it's gone, and you'd never even caught up on it. It's like, oh, maybe I should caught up on that now. The amount of times I have that in a year is just, wow. Watch things. I mean, or do we? Or do we have to bring up Ex Machina again? Because that was on your shelf for years. Happy. It was never watched. It just it was, it was never watched. <laughs> it was watched, watched it. eventually, after three years. Three years of having the Blu-ray on my shelf, I finally watched it. It's disgraceful. But Christmas is a giving time, and we were given something beautiful this Christmas season, and that was a Brooklyn Nine-Nine trailer. Based on the best Christmas film of all. <coughs> also, can we just end the debate now on is Die Hard a Christmas movie, is it not a Christmas movie? Can we just say it doesn't matter, it's a good film. Yeah. 
I mean, it is a Christmas film. Because I remember the last time you and me did it, we had quite an intense argument on the show, whereas now I just tell people to fuck off if they even mention it. So last year, I was get very the, angry people. last year was the first year I was properly into the debate. And now it's happening again, and it's like, I just don't care anymore. No one cares. Yeah, it's like, okay, it's a, it's a good film. Enjoy it. It was beautiful. We were there for the summer, and now it's done. Much like Call Me By Your Name. But that was a beautiful. That was a beautiful Brooklyn Nine Nine trailer. It was. It was, just absolute fan service. Because there's like, and there's two cuts as well. Excuse me. Because there's the one where um, it ends with them saying they can cut Terry out of it, and then there's the other one where it says um, oh I bet you just want a boring presentation where it's just a reading of words, <laughs> and then Hulk just goes Brooklyn Nine Nine returns. <laughs> I'm like, this is incredible. Because it was like everything you could ever want and more. Because it showed like how ridiculous the budget looks for this series. Yeah. Although I'm worried that they blew it all on this trailer. Yeah, I imagine they genuinely have. Although I imagine that because, is it NBC that's got it it's back It's NBC, now? yeah. Yeah, I imagine now they're like, oh, people really do like this. We're going to put a lot of money into it. Because especially as it yeah. was nearly cancelled. Well, it was cancelled. Yeah. Um, people are now going to watch it again. Like... I think I've I've like personally vowed to myself for there to be an occasion like while we're at college at some point when you do something and someone I imagine it'll probably be like Zoe or something or Lydia maybe and they'll go like what is he doing and I just pop up around my shoulder and I just go something magnificent <laughs> and then you just carry on they just look at me <laughs> I was, as you were going through that I was like oh god where, where's this going <laughs> exactly it's like some like de- deprecative just, shit just, or something no, you're just, like something amazing something amazing because <laughs> I just am I am the boil I'll be saving a woman's life I'll be running towards them in slow motion be like what, what, are they, what is he doing something amazing something amazing <laughs> but anyway Christmas, <laughs> Christmas. we're going to finally discuss Christmas because we don't actually have a review this episode We've managed to bullshit our way through forty-five minutes, <laughs> and now we're, now we're going to. Oh God! Like the spooky popcorn episode, we're now going to discuss a classic Christmas film each, and then a contemporary cl- uh, Christmas film each. And I so, guarantee you are doing this. We go off on tangents. I guarantee. Oh, hundred percent, one hundred percent. Our Christmas episode last year was, I think, two hours and six minutes. I'll double check. Jesus Christ, was it? But um. Back then, where our souls weren't crushed. Sorry, we two hours and four minutes. And yeah, exactly, like we were going off the high of bright. <laughs> I, that's, my le- that's my least favourite episode we've ever made, because I complimented Bright in that. And I said Bright had competent fight scenes, and I'm like, no it didn't, Zach, shut up. Is it time I tell, I tell them the truth about that review? What? No, I had seen <laughs> it the night before. I had seen that the night before. Do you not remember? I genuinely had. I hadn't seen the ending. I had seen the majority of it. I hadn't seen the ending. No, 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 no. no. I see through you, young man. Yeah, well, you hadn't seen it either. Yeah, that's why you (laughs) went home. I watched it, and then I recorded my bit, and then in editing, I then spliced my bit. Oh, my God. Because I... Right, essentially, for that Christmas episode, Zach planned to come over, we'd watch Bright, and then we'd then talk about it on the show. Things got in the way, so then we recorded the show, and we were like, shit, we, we don't have time to 
see bright. So the Christmas film that I'd like to talk about <laughs> <laughs> is Batman Returns. Essentially, Zach hadn't seen it. When we reviewed it, he's now hanging his head in shame. You're aware of the cone of shame. No, I'm not aware of the cone of shame. And then if you listen to that review, there's a specific point where I then talk about something. And then because I'm trying to intersplice it so it sounds like a conversation in editing, I then make this big point. And instead of like agreeing with me or something, that it sounds really like Zach's being really rude and just goes, yeah, well, basically, and then goes into his own point. <laughs> You're a dick. You're a dick. I had no choice. I had to try and intersplice it's, it all. Do we make this look normal or do we make Zach look like he's a dick? <laughs> I know which option I prefer. The fact that literally two seconds ago you're like, oh wait, I know I did see it the night before. I'm trying to not sound like an asshole on camera. I'm really trying not to. So anyway, your classic film. The classic film that I love and I watch every Christmas Eve and I'm hoping and looking forward to watching tomorrow because this is, as the retards of the world like to say, Christmas Eve Eve today. So Zach's words are his own. Yep, and that one I will hold it to my own name because you are an idiot if you say that. Okay. But I'm talking to you, Phoebe from Friends. Yep. I watch Batman Returns every Christmas Eve because it's fucking incredible. That's a beautiful film. It makes me cry every time I watch the ending because it's like, Alfred's just like, you've been through hell, but I can at least say Merry Christmas to you. And then they do a little, little point on the piano and that's quite nice. And then, And then I just think, imagine how great it would have been if it's 1982, I think... That, no, um, 1992 they made that movie, I'm an idiot. And you've just walked out of that and your child is crying because it's a very dark Batman movie. And then you've just have, been promised by, like, McDonald's toys yeah, and everything. And then you have to go to McDonald's fun. afterwards and give your kids a McDonald's Happy Meal that's got Batman toys in it. <laughs> but your kid is still crying from the fact that he's watched Batman Returns. I love it so much because it's the best Penguin ever. Danny DeVito is so good in it. I mean, I love the I love the guy who plays Penguin in Gotham. It's the only reason I watch Gotham anymore is just to watch the Penguin scenes. Sometimes the Riddler bits, but they're awful. But Dan DeVito is just he gives such a damn. He shouldn't really. Danny DeVito is too good for this world. That's just you and your always sunny brain. You're not <laughs> you're not thinking about how hard he laboured as the Penguin. Yeah, I'm saying he's he's just too good for this world. Like with the Lorax, he voiced every single language. <laughs> yeah. What a what a bloke! What a bloke! There's that beautiful, beautiful scene in Batman Returns where a man gives him a compliment and he thinks he's taking, making fun of him, and he bites his nose off, and it's incredible. <laughs> he just bites his nose, and it's like the blood squirting on the camera. You're Danny DeVito talking about the bit with the monkey, where the monkey came down and he's in like this big fat yeah. suit, and the monkey starts attacking him. And he's like, "Thank God I was in that suit because otherwise <laughs> yeah. I'd have been mauled." Good. <laughs> But have you also heard Tom, no, Tim Burton and Shane Black discuss why they like to set a lot of their films at Christmas? No, to tell. It's because Christmas is all about being with friends and family and stuff. And so it's an easy and effective way of being like, either this character's lonely or yeah. then it's supposed to be happy and it juxtaposes it mm. um, because they're all depressed and shit. And I mean, like especially in the nice guys, like you will never be happy. Oh, yeah. But... I, mean, I write that on my hand every day. <laughs> but, yeah, I kind of get that, because, like, when you look at Michelle Pfeiffer's character, what she's like at the start of that, when it's, oh, yeah, I live alone. <laughs> she mm. walks in, she's very sad, and when she comes back in later and just 
tears the shit out of that apartment, which is still one of my favourite scenes in a comic book movie ever. I stand by that. If, if genre performances got as much credit as they do today, we would consider that scene the Tony Collette of her time. I think she would have been nominated for that because it's you say incredible that, but scene. Comic book-wise, with performances outside Heath Ledger, no one's really being nominated. No, but I think they're given no a lot more. Res- I think it. they're given a lot more respect, though. Like they're at least considered for the Oscars. Like they don't get it, but they're at least typically considered. only in visual effects and stuff. But they're at least the considered. There would have been a time when they would have never even been like, "Oh, this is a comic book movie." But now, like, there's people care about that stuff, and I think she's so good in that. Like. That transcends the medium. That scene is just hot. Well, I mean, she gave a fantastic comic book performance this year again. I mean, her and Ant Man and the Wasp was just spectacular. Fuck off, all right. <laughs> That's an. It's all right if you've never watched a superhero movie. I guarantee kids loved that movie. Kids were having a lot of fun while it was on. I guarantee. Yeah. And yeah. you cannot beat a scene where Paul Rudd tries to play Michelle Pfeiffer because that was brilliant. <laughs> He tries so hard there, it was brilliant. I love Paul I mean, Rudd. yeah, it has its scenes, but... Like, I've gotten to a genuine point now. Where people say to me, who is your favourite Chris Zach? And I go, Paul Rudd. Because he's just wonderful. The man is just... He's the sort of bloke who he would just make you pancakes in the morning. He wouldn't care if you were in a mood with him. You're, you're the sort of person that's like... They're, they're trying to gauge how hungry you are whether you go for food now, food later. It's like, how hungry are you? Out of ten. 14 out of 10 it's like it's out of 10 just, just say 10 nah just Paul Rudd I just, how hungry are you Paul Rudd Paul Rudd so <laughs> <laughs> that point Jake knows immediately right when he's going to have some food or he's going to die <laughs> but I, I I love Batman Returns and there's like there's that really good scene where it's like because it's an interesting Batman story I know everyone said the Lego Batman movie was an interesting Batman story and they can fuck off to hell it looked pretty and that was it but Excuse I'm joking, me. Joking. It's not that clever a Batman story. It's not that clever, but no, it's Batman, a clever meta. Clever story. meta, but it's not that clever a Batman story. Whereas Batman Returns was, they have that beautiful scene where they're on the dance floor and they realize, oh god, it's you. It's like, do we have to start fighting? And that's such a sad scene. And Michael Keaton's committing. Like he, that guy's actually giving a damn, and he doesn't do that rarely, unless if it's in a film where it's about kids that got raped and you kind of have to give a damn, or Birdman, because who wouldn't want to give a damn during that? Gotta love it, but so good, and it just like it takes the the eighty nine movie, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, and it makes me completely forget about it because nineteen ninety two's Batman Returns is just better. And I don't think unless if it's Edward Scissorhands, you get a better Tim Burton movie because it's just so strong, and even that's a fucking Christmas film as well, which I was meant to rewatch the other day and foolishly didn't. And I'm upset with myself because I didn't. How could you? Zach? How could you? So my sister watched Ever Says Hands the other day and she goes, was the Avon lady a real life thing? I went, yes. <laughs> it's still a thing. It's still a thing. They don't come here, but they do happen across the world. Yeah, my, you do get the Avon ladies. One of my friend's mum's a Avon lady. Yes, exactly. I'm not going to name names. I'm no snitch. But... <laughs> I ain't no snitch. I'm telling you who's the Avon lady. I'm sorry. I'm why are you doing the why. why is your girl so smelly voice? Oh God, that is, isn't it? Guys, there's a hell of a rapper out there. Look him up. Just just, t- just Google why your girl so smelly. And you, you'll be bought there. I was just furiously impressed when we watched that. You, you've gone off on that tangent long enough now. I'm sorry. Yeah. Your <laughs> it's, film it's time to come your, home. Your, your classic film. It's my classic film. 
is a very odd one. It's one that my father and I have started, I'm going to say, about five Christmases in a row, and we have never got around to finishing it. But it still holds a special place in our hearts. And every year it's like, right, we better, we better bloody finish it this year. And I bought it for him in Poundland, the DVD, because it's, it's a public domain film. Oh, and this was before Poundland started doing actually good DVDs. Ooh, actually good. And it's like, I'm not sure of the year, I'll look it up. It'll come to you. But um, Essentially, it's Santa Claus Conquers the Martians... <laughs> The fuck? Yeah, it's 1964, so Jesus it's over 50 Christ. years old, and it is the weirdest, campiest shit. On Letterboxd, it has 1.7 stars, literally the exact as Escape Plan 2, <laughs> Hades. It's called Hades. Stallone and Dave Batista. What was the subtitle? Escape Plan 2, colon, Hades. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Because literally before we start recording this, I said to Zach, we were looking on Letterboxd, and I was like, wait, that was a film that came out this year, and he was like, no, that's not a film, you're fucking with me. It's like, no, that, that's Jesus a film. Jesus Christ. But anyway, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. It isn't even an hour and a half long. It's an hour 21. How have you not finished it? <laughs> because, trust it's me, it's one, of the, yeah. it's one of the most painful experiences you'll ever have. Like, if you think old Doctor Who's difficult to get through, yeah. then you will really struggle with this. I mean, it sort of has that... It, it has that charm. I mean, I think it has that charm anyway. But it's the sort of thing that... You, I think you just need to sit yourself down and force yourself to watch. Yeah. And then you may find something you like. You, you probably won't. But it will be a fun fun little thing to sort of go, that, that was a... That, that was fun to laugh at the time. I mean, like, if we're actually doing, like classic Christmas films that are actually good and obviously It's a Wonderful Life hands down it was on our top 10 list last yeah. year what are you doing if you that haven't seen my, it that was, that was nearly my pick that really was. Mm. I mean it's a classic for a reason when I watched it I was expecting it to be a lot cheesier than it was yeah. and I thought it would be cringy and shit but mm. to a certain extent it somewhat is but it plays it well because it's just light hearted and it's fun yeah. and but anyway Santa Claus Conquers the Martians is a thrilling sci-fi caper that will astound all ages. It was actually, it was actually a funny thing because with um, it's a wonderful life. Like I only because I'd seen it like it was the sort of situation I'd seen it loads as a kid. Like it was on, but I didn't care. And I think it was last year was the first time I like probably sat down and watched it like properly, like to like get a feel for yeah. it. And then it was like that was the year I'd watched Vertigo as well. So to go from having watched Vertigo to then going and watching It's a Wonderful Life, Jimmy Stewart is a very different man. <laughs> I'm like, oh God. We could actually honestly go on for an hour about how brilliant Jimmy Stewart's voice is. Because that's just the best voice in the world. Um, it's a very particular voice. I love his voice so much. I can't wait until Jake watches Vertigo. Or at least Rope. Because you could literally watch Rope. It's an hour and 20 and it's all pretty much in one take. It's brilliant. But now into contemporary Christmas films. So that yeah, my Christmas film. Christmas film. It's a made-for-TV movie, and I fucking love it. And it's not um, White Christmas, although that was a thought at one point. But we, we, we talked about that enough last year. But it's The Hogfather. And that is a Christmas film. 
Yeah, sure. Go and for it. it is a Christmas <laughs> film. Shut up, alright? Like it's Ian McKellen as deaf. You don't need any more than that. That's a really cool story. Let's just make a film where it's just Ian McKellen voicing deaf, because that's really weird. That's the first film where they actually realised Terry Pratchett's Discworld, where it was the elephants and the tortoise and the disc. That's what I call the disc world, the disc on top. And that's just a zany Christmas story. There's like flipping vampires in it. There's two fairies or whatever called. That's just a crazy made-for-TV crappy film that technically shouldn't work, but it really fucking does. Everyone in that is very committed. There's the lady from Downton Abbey with blonde hair. She has brown hair now, but she had blonde hair there. And I'm horrible for not remembering her name. We're going to talk about the Downton Abbey trailer later, but that's not a problem for now. But I like that because it just tries hard to be different, and it's a very original story. And I can just remember thinking vividly as a kid, what the fuck is this? Because I can remember distinctly my grandparents recorded it for me and said... Do you mean Michelle Dockery? That's the one, Michelle Dockery. That pissed me off, that wonder why you gone quiet for a minute but because I can remember distinctly I went around for a day and they recorded it and they said right we've got something funny to show you and I was like what the hell is this and I fell in love with it it's distinctly because Ian McKellen and that's, this was before I'd seen Lord of the Rings and then when they tell you at the end oh that's Magneto I was like what no it wasn't no it wasn't that wasn't Magneto he didn't have his helmet on that annoys me but it's just it's not long either you can sit down and get it done I think in an hour and twenty Think it's not long it's it's a lovely little film and it just harkens back to when it was like oh let's just try and make a fan excuse me fantasy movie because we can before it was the harry potter russian oh we need our next big thing so thank you for being british for being quirky <coughs> and for being briefly on sky one so i could watch it thank you sky one if it wasn't for constant repeats of the simpsons you are useful for something thank you sky one Although Sky One has let me down a little bit recently because on Christmas Day they're showing The Greatest Showman and that shouldn't be shown on Christmas Day because that's just letting people down. It's on Sky One. On Sky One, Christmas Day. Yeah. You might finally be able to watch it. I mean, it's on now TV. But... <laughs> so... You've got to be careful, mate. I'll take it off. you got to be careful. <laughs> <coughs> I love it. But the Downton Abbey trailer, very importantly, I'm very excited. So my contemporary Christmas <laughs> is... We man... did the bells and... Maggie Smith was there. I'm excited. It doesn't need to be continued. Yeah, but I'm excited either it way. It doesn't need. I don't care. It ended yeah. semi brilliantly. Semi brilliantly. <laughs> but there's more to tell. There's more than meets the eye. Because you can just see Hugh Bonneville's just gonna walk in and just go. We're home. That's beautiful. And that's amazing. It's my contemporary Christmas film, ladies and gentlemen. Is Released from last year, with Dan Stevens in it, Christopher Plummer. The man who could replace anyone. The emergency plumber. Yep. (laughs) I'm ashamed you laughed at that. That was actually really good. Because not only do you call a plumber when you've got an actual problem with your plumbing, his name's Christopher Plummer. (laughs) That's really funny. Oh, that's quite funny. Stop. It, it doesn't deserve that much praise. It Because really <laughs> you were so quick with that. You didn't even have it planned. You were just so quick with it. It took me a moment to realise. And I was like, yes. But anyway, the man who invented Christmas 
came out last year. Um, and it essentially just tells the story of a Christmas carol, except it's from Charles Dickens' perspective, and it's like that's who Dan Stevens plays. And um, it, I always get intrigued by these films that sort of show it from the creative's point. Um, and then it shows them creating these things that people are passionate about, like obviously standard, lots of Vincent van Gogh's like, films out there, one this year with Defoe in it. Um, can't, can't wait to actually see it when it actually gets a UK release. Um, but it's sort of an interesting view into I'm not 100% sure how historically accurate it is but in this he like has to write it in six weeks because he has this big idea and then it has to be illustrated and then put out in the printing press and it's essentially called The Man Who Invented Christmas because back then oh why would you want to do anything Christmas related it's not bigger thing like yes it's the day people have off but it's not it wasn't according to this film it wasn't as celebrated as it is now like it was more just seen as the religious side of it and then this film sort of like delves in it and Christopher Plummer's actually really good there's a brilliant moment towards the end that I'm not going to spoil and it's just how they do it because yes you've seen and you read and you know A Christmas Carol ten tenfold but here they sort of add it in in the way of Charles Dickens trying to write it and then at the start they make a joke on what they're going to call it and stuff like that. And it's like, anyway. So, Man Who Invented Christmas, not enough people saw it. It's not going to blow your socks off, but... I think there's very little these days that does. Yeah, especially Christmas related. Yeah, I haven't I mean, seen a good Christmas film in years. The last contemporary Christmas related new thing... I've seen that's blown me away was Right Christmas. <coughs> yeah. And that was the first ever episode of Black Mirror that I saw. That was the first one? Wow. Yeah, it was because it was when uh, it aired. It was on TV, yeah. Yeah. And I was well, like, I mean, we've got, we've got the new one in five days. Yeah. Which... Which they haven't advertised at all. No, it's... Apparently, it's the Choose Your Own Adventure one. Oh, nice. And apparently... Is that the one they're doing with Telltale? No, I don't know. Because Telltale <laughs> are doing a thing with Netflix. Well, Telltale doesn't exist anymore, so probably no, not. It, no, um... They had a thing they were doing with Netflix, and then when Telltale folded, they said they still have these obligations to Netflix. Oh, so they're keeping cool. a small team of like five. Oh yeah, because they're do doing that. the Minecraft one, aren't they? Yeah. As well. But no, no. Apparently, it's like you'll press a button on your TV remote, and it will unfold from there. It's annoying because I've I've had that idea going in my head for years. Like, well, why doesn't Netflix do that? Because yeah. that would be a good idea. When I make films and shit, that'll be a big thing. And it's like, mm. oh no, no, now they're doing it. Yeah. That's annoying. Would you like to know who the main character is, though? The main star? Isn't it Miley Cyrus? No, it is... Oh, no, is, she's in the series. She's in the series. It's the the main character from Dunkirk, apparently. The big rumour is that it's him. What, Fionn Whitehead? Fionn Whitehead, that's his name. Apparently it's him. He was good in Dunkirk, but I'll never forgive him for the children. children act. <laughs> that's another film, like Yumi and Dupree. Never watch the children, children act. <laughs> but... No, hopefully that'll be good. I mean, your name's stupid. Bandersnatch, whatever that means. Mm. But hopefully that will redeem our love of Christmas. And also with no Doctor Who Christmas special this year. <laughs> New I mean, Year's I'm special. Not, I'm not complaining about that. Well, I mean, you haven't even finished the series. Yeah, yet, but so. I don't need to finish the series to know how awful it is, mate. It had its I watched moments. the fucking Witch Hunters one the other night, and Alan Cumming was the only part that I found bearable of it, and even then... No, if you're going to watch any of them from this series, watch... Uh, 
I think it's called what takes you away or it takes you away or something. Yeah, because that, that point. was actually had a lot of good ideas in it. Oh, no. It was like one of those three episodes in one. If we can put it into perspective, Jake's found Doctor Who bearable. I've hated it. I've enjoyed maybe one and a half episodes, and that's been it. Hmm. I hate. I think it's annoying because they were so. They were saying how bold they were, and then they like were showing how bold and. Mm adventurous they were going to be by casting a female doctor and then they've literally played the, this is the safest series I think there's yeah. been it's literally the end of every episode I'll give some exposition oh we got out of the pickle and we're fine now there hasn't been a single iconic villain I don't care if you say Tim Shaw is somewhat no that's wrong they're about to go somewhere interesting with them in the finale but then yeah no although this is a plug I have two video essays planned before I get round to it, but Doctor Who Series 11 rewrite is on the way. It's on the way. It's on the way. Says Jacob. It's very interesting. Like, like why would you rewrite it? Just do some. Just write an alternative. Oh no! I, I have many a series planned out for Doctor yeah. Who, but that's yeah. that's what just I'm going to pitch. Just write that as a video. No, that, that's what I'm going to pitch to the BBC. BBC one day. But well, you you can get in line. I have a few changes to this series that would just push it. Just that. Mm-hmm. To be that bit better, in my opinion. And now she's fucking off as well. I don't care that Chib- I'm glad that Chibbers is off, but I like her. And like they're like she's oh. not leaving. Oh, I thought it was like all the whole like oh I don't want to be there if Chibbers is not going to be there. It was there. a rumor, but oh brilliant. Yeah, she's confirmed for the next series at least. But I just don't want him there at all because he's just an awful writer. He really is. I don't care. He's not an awful. I don't writer, care if Broadchurch was great because if this is the only thing you've you ever seen of Chip, seen it, yeah. But so. I know it's probably great. But I'm making what I've seen in this. It's fucking appalling. I mean, the first series of Broadchurch was so strong because it had that mystery. The second series, in my opinion, was very weak because it wasn't really about the mystery. It didn't really have anything. It was just bringing all these char- new characters in and seeing the old uh-huh. ones, and that one was. It didn't work as well, but then series three for the final series, they brought it back with a mystery, mm. and then it was stellar again. Yeah. So it's I think he needs a big pull and a hook, and with the lack of a series arc, mm. it sort it's of just, meandered about. It just gets me if you don't want to do something, don't do it. Because I now, mean, it now took more like, fat talking into. I know, like, but it's like if you know for a fact you're not going to want to do it in a year, don't do it because you're just going to let other people down. And also, you're wasting money. I wouldn't do it if I knew in my heart in a year's I'd time I'm going to be. Do it. Yeah, but if if it was a project that I knew in my heart, I'm not saying got too specifically, but in a year's time, I was like, yeah, I'm going to despise this and I'm going to waste people's time. I would honestly say no. Like even if it's if like, if someone says to me next tomorrow, like, oh, you can work on Star Wars, but then you know in your heart you're not going to enjoy it, I'd probably say no. Now, you know all these hate videos have come up yeah. for many reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, there was clearly, clearly a fake account commented on one of the videos. Uh, it was pretending to be Stephen Moffat, and it was like, how yeah. well, at least now people are appreciating yeah. my era more. And a load of people replying to it like, oh, no, I always loved your era, and like replying to it as if it was the actual person. Yeah. It clearly is not Stephen Moffat. It could Moffat. not be Stephen Moffat. <laughs> Although it was on Instagram, uh, Rusty Davis commented on a post, and then sort of like poking fun at Moffat for something then Moffat replied and they had this little joking spatter <coughs> at yeah. each other and like at each other's ear yeah. saying oh how no one died and shit and yeah. it, 
it's just good wholesome family entertainment no. but no that's, I, that's I just something that gets me because it's like there's there's the three staples of that show there's the that every single series even under the Moffat hat era even the later Paul Moffat era has been able to achieve you had at least one setting or location where it was just like that blew your mind and you couldn't believe they'd come up with something so original they had the one iconic villain which was like wow this thing will be a thing for the resolution ages. looks good not only visually because yeah. it looks cinematic yeah. but I think with the way that it's potentially going on yeah. it looks good and they had a truly great Doctor moment which we had for nearly yeah, every I still don't. we haven't had one for Jodie yet I feel like with Jodie it's sort of like oh yeah she's the Doctor at this point yeah. like in the finale whereas with like Matt Smith in the 11th I was like he is the Doctor yeah. and I mean it wasn't in Capaldi's first episode either mm. but he got there to me eventually yeah it was like that because it was like I can remember back casting my mind back to 2011 when I'm a little boy who's growing up with David Tennant fucking adores him and is very upset that he's gone and is very angry about Matt Smith 2010 2010, Jesus Christ. And then when he walks through the thing, he's like, I'm a doctor. He's like, yeah, I kind of now believe you, mate. <laughs> it was David Tennant. Don't care. <laughs> Jodie has not done that at all. It nearly did that in episode one. But it where? didn't quite hit it. Where mm. she's there on the top of the cranes and stuff. Yeah, I could do that. But maybe. it didn't quite hit it. Like, mm. you could tell that was supposed to be the moment, yeah. but... And you've got that brilliant cliffhanger where they're stuck in space and it's like, oh, that's so cool. And they do nothing with it. It just annoys me and it gives that fucking custard creams why would he care why would she care if it's a custard cream why it just... it's Jodie's favourite biscuit just... I don't care I don't care why can't you just have some fun do you just hate fun I hate fun yeah I actually hate fun. why do you think we've been avoiding the topic of Christmas this entire episode <laughs> I hate fun Zach does not like fun one bit There's a you reason... just need to start a YouTube series of like why Zach hates and then... no I've got like a distinct thing planned it's like if I ever do get like a YouTube series it's like um, it'd be like a once a year thing it'd be like a Zach just goes to town that's what it'd be called and it's just it's me balls I'll pick like a list of like 10 topics and I just really berate it and shit on it and I go like quite over the top with it like I maybe even smash the DVD to bits of a bat or something so like a quite angry. Do you watch Aliens Guide that Wisecracked? Yeah. yeah. I fucking love Garrick Swamiloy. Mm. And then they have like the battered DVD yeah. in the background. It'll just be you completely. Do what Angry Joe did and just put the Duke Nukem case in the toilet and just flush. Although it is just like that moment from Straight Out of Compton. It's like when they're breaking all the CDs and it's like, I don't care, they've already paid for it. Yeah. So there's there's no point yeah. after you've bought it. Yeah. But, but it's worth it because it'll fill my mind with joy. That's going to be something I'll do and people will come to ask for it for when Zach just goes to town. But I'm very much looking forward to when I do start my YouTube series My Star Wars. That's what I've been planning for a while. It's going to be good, that. I'm looking forward to it. So, that's stay going, tuned. That's going to get the ladies excited and the young boys. The people. The two the demographics that I don't think I'm catering to at all in my YouTube demographics. I think I look on my demographics and it's literally just... Boulder. Boulder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just white men. A white man. I want to appeal to the masses, but no no one's watching. Just because you put Ben Swolo at the end does not mean that you are representative to other people. I mean, that should be, even if it's just people who watch for that, the Ben Swolo. 
Yeah. I mean, I that's what all I do. I just, I just skip to the end of your videos. I don't even watch the oh. last one. Oh, cheers. <laughs> I mean, that hurt. How much? That I'm joking. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> this video, this guy made a video called The Paranoia of Man. He worked very hard and he edited for months. And every day I would ask him, how's it going? And he'd look like he was ready to cry. I want the amount of times I want to hug this man because of his essay. Go and fucking watch it. Twenty three well. times I had to upload that again because of copyright. It's not doing well. It should be doing better. It's on sixty nine views exactly. I checked the other day. <coughs> Five years has done better than that. And that's appalling. <laughs> Go and watch it because he tried hard. I tried very hard. And yes, he does sound tired in it, but he still cares. <laughs> uh, he always sounds tired. Leave him be, alright? Uh, I think... Just because he tries hard doesn't mean you've got a right I'm to I'm tired him. because I try so hard. But, no, I, I think the voiceover is what I need to put the most change into for the next one. What we need to do to is... make it sound all like... Wow, welcome to my top ten list. Oh, my God. Can we put you on I am helium? here with Watch Mojo UK. Can we put you on Helium? Like, just, just for fun. Just for one video. No, I'm just... I'll, I'll just do the voice the whole time. Like, Hello. Uh, <laughs> I think that you should um, watch this film because it's very good. Thank you. Uh, good night. Cheers. Hi, guys. Doctor Who Expert 7 here. <laughs> so, so, where have I been? Where have I been? <laughs> I mean, we're pissing off our only listener. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. You do not put that on the internet and not expect ridicule in return. Sorry. I love you, man, but you don't expect it. I was very kind of this 18th on what, like, editing that Indiana Jones video and putting it up on Facebook. <laughs> he could have put so much. But for his 21st, Boulder, just know that I am going to work with that video. Do it. That, that's, that's we can make say. a Jawa edit. <laughs> should make a oh Jawa God, edit. So, like, the next time we get set at college, like, make a Jawa edit. Just make it a boulder. And it's just him saying things. Oh, that, 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 my mind is now, like, just enthralled. Like, I was on the Jaws trailer, and now, I want it, and now I'm just enthralled on this. How can we do this to make it sound like he's saying things? Oh, it's so good. But I just, I'm sat here and I'm quite astounded that, like, you aren't excited for Downton Abbey. In the famous words of Charlie Brooker. <laughs> I'm a bad person, I'm sorry. Are we doing a quick fire question this week? It's Christmas, people don't want that sort of like thing thrown at them while it is a happy time. We did a year. quick fire question last year that was, was Christmas that? related. What was that? I'm, I'm not sure. to see what that would have been because. Let's look back on it. I like to think we've grown since then. One hour 46, right. So. If we get copyrighted for listening to our own video, <laughs> well, I know that's I know that's not actually how copyright works. I'm, no, I'm taking just, the piss. Can you not just go on the Twitter but, and look? You're not going to listen to it, are we? We weren't doing the Twitter poll at that point. You're kidding, weren't we? No, it's only when we brought it back. Uh, and I'm, I, I can't be bothered to look on it. So I'm we're still flipping a coin. Yeah. Fuck, I like to say we've come really far, but we're still sat in your room <laughs> recording this. Um... There'll come a day where we've got like a staff of 15. Guarantee you. I, I refute that statement. I 
don't think we're going to have 15 people. We don't even have 15 listeners now, let no, alone... No, 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 I don't mean for this. Like, one day we'll each have a staff of 15 oh. just for an individual project. It's like, right, you, go and get me coffee. You, my mum needs a birthday present. Make it happen. You. With a lot of tension in my shoulders, please relieve it. Thank you. Oh, thank you. You'd be... You'd be who Kevin Spacey plays in Horrible Bosses. <coughs> I'm not saying you'd be Kevin Spacey. I'm stressing that now. Thank you. I'm saying that you would be Kevin Spacey from Horrible Bosses. I've never seen Horrible Bosses the whole way through, but I'll give you that. I don't like Horrible Bosses at all. You'll be so like awful to your staff that they will plot your murder. Because I don't like... Be so very careful It's either who Jennifer Aniston or Cameron Diaz who's in that It's movie. Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston. I don't like Jennifer Aniston very much. Cameron Diaz, I understand. She went crazy on Graham Norton talking about pubic hair. Yeah. But Jennifer Aniston... But yeah, she's I great mean. in some things and then in other things. It's just like, oh no, this is where the millers again. Although apparently Apple's paid like a quarter of a million to like do a series with her when their that streaming service launches. That doesn't like, surprise me at all. Yeah, but it's like, what are you going to do? Well, I know you've got the M. Night Shyamalan stuff, and I know you've got peanuts that they've just bought. But... Well, she was just in Dumpling. She in Dumpling, was she? Yeah, she How was is that? I don't know, and I don't want to watch it. Because my sister wants to watch it, and uh, I was like, a lot, no. A lot of people say that it it takes what Sarah Burgess, the, 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 Sarah Burgess, the loser, um, and Insatiable try to do, but it does it ten times better. So you're reading specifically from... Zoe's review. 100%. <laughs> Famous actress, Zoe Jones. <laughs> Star of many franchises whose film opinion, well. I mean, I read it in her review of it, and then I also read it in somewhere I'm else. I'm getting general vibe doing. from that as well. But. So I'm not just plagiarising Zoe's review, I swear. Yeah. But because I actually wait until I've seen things, Zach, before I review. <laughs> I wasn't them. shitting on you there. I was trying to shit on Zoe. <laughs> I wasn't shitting on you. I'm kidding. You're a man. You're a bad person. <coughs> but no, I. Because actually, that's the thing as well. The main girl from Dumpling was in Bird Box. She just suddenly popped up, and I was like, I remember you. You were in that film. You were in that episode of American Horror Story that I didn't like. Although, rounding it, bringing it all round so it comes full circle from, nice you talking about, from you talking about Once Upon a Time. Prince Charming of that was in Doctor Who. Seriously, where he was, was he was in that? Silence in the Library. He was one of the faces. On yes, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Yes, he was. And he was one of the original Warriors through in the first four movie. Yeah. He didn't return for the He's the, the one world, that Zachary cause... Levi replaced. It's not Zachary Levi. It's a guy who looks like Zachary Levi. It's definitely not Zachary Levi. No, it's Levi. Zachary Levi. It's definitely not. Google it. I'll Zachary Google Levi. It. It's definitely not. 100% it's if it's Zachary, Zachary Levi. Levi, I'll eat my shoe. <laughs> Shake on it right now. <laughs> yes, Zachary Levi. Because it's Zachary Levi. It's Zachary Levi. I'll eat my shoe. <laughs> Well, you can actually hold... I know, I know this is an audio podcast only, but we did shake hands, Zach. Yeah, yeah 100%. We did the um, Predator. Whoa. I'm going to check Ragnarok as well, because I doubt it's the same No, person. it's 100% Zachary Levi. 100% not. It's 100% not Zachary Levi. because <laughs> you just scrolled past his name <laughs> right, on the right. list. <laughs> Alright, it is. Right, I'm going to check if it's Thor Ragnarok as well, because yeah? I don't think it yeah, is. Yeah, it's Thor Ragnarok. He's in it for two seconds when he's killed. I doubt it. Hundred percent. Would you believe it? He can actually. <laughs> 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 
Right, right so, so Zach, do you want to hold uh, the mic as so, I eat my shoe? <laughs> no, we're going to get this on camera at some point. There's another actor who looks exactly like Zachary Levi, and I was desperate to say it was him. <laughs> I can't remember the bloke's name. I'm so pissed off. Oh, God, See, if so I know much. anything, I know my Zachary Levi. Yeah, I don't like so, the bloke at all. How dare you, sir? There's a reason I'm not excited for Shazam. It's because it's him playing it. Did you not see the video yes, of him at the sad. Comic-Con where the girl's crying saying, I love you, and he's like, I love you. <laughs> yes, that was, yes, that was very sad. Beautiful. Yes, that was very sad, but we all cry. I do it every morning. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and anyone in between, we well. will PSA Zach cries an awful lot uh, we will hype up for when we record Zach eating his shoe and we will send it to Zachary Levi and say you are the reason it, it will be you the exact moment knowing him because he's just like desperate for attention oh, for fuck's sake <laughs> it will be, <laughs> <laughs> exactly be the exact moment from um, Journey's End Zach's there in flames he's there in his wheelchair you you I'm the destroyer and then Zachary Levi is just there like, please take my hand, you don't need to do this. And then you just, you burn in hellfire as you die from eating your shit. And then six years later, it's like I come back and it's like my eye opens up and I'm like, I'd like to see the sun again. <laughs> and then I steal his regeneration energy and a plot line that's never popped back up. You have that weird snake dude, whoever the hell that is. Colony Sarf was his name. I'm embarrassed that I remember that. I'm really embarrassed that I remember that. But I'm, I'm the guy who likes Hellbent, so they Still uh, stand by it that the best thing in that two-parter is in the opening two-parter, which is familiar and stuff, not Hellbent, um, and the hands coming out in that field. Oh, I hate that. I think it's awful. I thought, I thought it'd be creepy if they didn't... It'd be better if they didn't have eyes. Yeah, the eye thing ruined it for me. If it was just the hands, that would be really cool. But the eye thing, it was like, oh, this just looks far too bloody Terry Pratchett, Tim Burton, Tim Blonde here. But no, I think that was it. No, it looks far too Neil Gaiman. There you go. Yeah. Fucking Neil Gaiman. But I think we I should we should have a quick fire question because it is an episode. Well, I mean. Well, I mean, it is my turn because you did the horror one. Yeah, and but I mean, I was mean we, we distinctly need to work out what the points are. We'll. We will do that, do that at in, some point. in the new year when we do our big episode. We'll work it our out. Our big episode point. where we haven't gone on a tangent. We've actually done quality conversation I mean we've don't make promises we can't keep we will will go on tangents yeah but we will also give quality conversation at the same time I'm holding my finger to suggest that Jake will adhere to this statement I mean we could try I'm doing a Roger Moore face all we can do is try I mean at this point (coughs) it's an hour and a half in (laughs) we did literally say why don't we do a half hour video so we got an hour further than we thought we would (laughs) Right, so let's we're just. We're good people for having done that. Uh, right, are we doing it now? Are we doing quick fire question or not? Because if we are, <coughs> we need to quickly. Th- quick fire question. Yeah, yeah it's, are, it's are we? Quick fire I need, question, yeah. Right, okay, it's I need to, it, I'll need to think of it. You do your Christmas recommendation. Oh, God, I don't and then, Oh, no. Um, and I'll oh, think of a quick fire oh, question. Um, watch 8th grade. People just, just go out and watch 8th grade. They can get it I'm glad you finally saw that. It's good. I fucking it's love good. it. It's incredible. Like. I, I completely agree with your review. You relate more to the dad than anyone else. It made me really scared to have kids. Because it's like there's going to come a day where they just don't want to talk to you anymore. And it's like, oh man. And he tries so hard. He was in 13 Reasons Why as well, that guy. Mm. 
and he's one of the very few things I now like about that show. Because I agree now with Jake, it is quite awful. I don't know why you liked it in the first place. Because for the first season, I thought, oh, this is kind of like a semi-engaging mystery, and it kind of like seemed cool. Oh my god, it's the counselor! Oh my god! And then they raped a guy with a broomstick, and that's not okay to show to kids. They, they, I think the problem with it, well, I mean, there are many problems with it, but one of the problems with it is they say it's this PSA, right? This is what's going on in schools around the country, around the world. This is what's going on. And in the first series, you could somewhat argue that, like, yes, yeah. suicide is something that needs to be spoken about a lot more. But in the second series, I don't think that many people get raped with a broom. And it's not something to make fun at. And in the show, I don't think they make they poke fun at it. I don't no, think No, it's, it's a very serious scene. It's held okay, a good. Good, because I haven't actually seen it because I don't People made want fun to. of it, but it's, yeah. Yeah, it's a very... It's the people who made fun of it. I remember as well, like, the day I, I went back into work and people had seen it and they said, did you see that? And I was like, yeah, but why are you getting angry? <laughs> anyway, yeah, watch 8th grade. Don't don't watch 13 Reasons Why. Actual Christmas recommendation, though, because it's just out and I think more people should actually give it a chance because it's actually pretty good and I was actually really upset it wasn't on the cinema screen. That was Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle. It's beautiful. I'll say that through and through. It's really beautiful. Andy Serkis doesn't do a lot as Baloo, but he does a hell of a lot as a good director. He directs the shit out of it, and you can see his passion is leaking off every frame. Christian Bale, you don't even know it's Christian Bale. He's completely transformed into that role. He's so good as Bagheera. And it's so dark, like maybe don't show it to kids, because this is not their necessities at all. There are like animals mauling each other. It's quite violent in certain scenes, and it's really quite... There is a twist halfway through the film where I was like, fuck, did not see that coming. That's a little bit darker than I thought it would ever be. Because I could distinctly remember thinking, oh, they've just done this because it's a money move because not enough people are going to want to go and see it. And I think, no, this is why they put it on Netflix because they know it's going to upset the kids if they show them that. So that's why they put it on Netflix. That kind of changes your mind about the film a hell of a lot. My only, the only thing I'll say about it that isn't great is Cumberbatch. Because he is just doing the smug voice oh. for Shere Khan. That kind of let me down a little bit. I think Idris Elba did a much better job. But what's the bloke in World's End? Oh, he just looked right through me. What's that bloke called? Um, Eddie. I don't know. I like Marcin. him. He's in a lot. Yeah, he's an original character in it and he's very good. He has some good lines. And the guy who's in Westworld, who's William's stepfather. No, um, father in law is. In it, and he plays the wolf leader, and he's very good. He's a great voice actor. He should do more of that. But no, I enjoyed it, and the kid in it tries very hard, and even even though he has to do some quite dark stuff, and there are some sadder scenes, but it's really well made. It's not the best thing ever, but I think Andy Serkis deserved a lot of credit for it and a lot of props, and I think Eddie Marsan. That's his name. He is in a very small British film called Faint Heart that people should try and watch if they can. I mean, on Letterboxd, 94 people have seen it, so it is very small. But it's from 2008, and it's quite interesting, but sorry, is that... No, that's, that's, it. that's it for me, just, just go out okay. and watch that. Oh, and also as well, because I wanted to prop this on the last episode, but I completely forgot to do it. Go and watch 50,000 Feet as Best, because I really enjoyed that. It's a great little short film with Dennis O'Hare. I fucking love that man. More mm. people need to watch him. 
the stories he tells aren't that interesting, but just him in general, incredible. And the way he performs, that is brilliant. There's so much subtlety to it. I like it when in film class they literally just show us a short film. Brilliant. And it's like, if they show us a clip from a feature film, it's like, okay, I want to go watch that now. I really hope yeah. next year we get more of that again. Yeah. Let it have some of the first image as well. But um, my recommendation isn't Christmas related at all. Um, but it's one that I've been dying to talk to Zach about for Mine's ages. Mine's not either, actually. <laughs> I know, but yours has just come out, so you could argue that. But um, it's one that came out in 2004. Lars von Trez, Dogville. No, I haven't seen that, but I've, it's, I think mm. it's on my watch list. This is something that I do like about Lars von Trier films that happens in a lot of them is the way that the camera moves because it's very... It especially works well in Dogville. Mm. Not so much the house that Jack built, but it's sort of his style. But um, it's very documentary. Yeah, it's like you don't even... Like yeah, so it's like shaky there. camera. There's a lot of crash zooms. There's a lot of points from different perspectives. And just even the set in Dogville mm. is fantastic. Uh, yeah, I've been meaning to have it as my recommendation for since the first episode of Sour Popcorn, but I've just pretty much always neglected to do it and forgotten to do it. But nah, Dogville, definitely 100% recommend. Not yeah. for everyone, it gets very dark. Yeah. Very dark. But even if you just watch performances, I mean, the set design is astonishing because it isn't a set it's just a black stage where they've got a few features of some houses like a desk but you can literally just look into the houses of the entire town because all the houses are just white markers on the floor yeah. it's just incredibly like the ideas in it and everything and it has a surprise actor at the end that oh. you love that I love specifically he was in The Godfather so oh, yes no, no, I love him <laughs> Because we were in a restaurant by Al Pacino was the other week, and it was like. <laughs> right. So I went to this um, vegetarian curry restaurant with my dad. And then when I was there, the owner was telling me about how Donald Sutherland and Al Pacino had a meal there in like the 80s when they were filming a film in South Devon. And then. I then pitched it to the friendship group. Oh, we have a Christmas meal, and then that, and then. And it was soon, a lovely. It, it was, it was, and the food there is fantastic. Oh, I love and, it. Five star. And as soon as I told Zach the Al Pacino, he didn't care about Donald Sutherland. I cared about Donald Sutherland. Well, yeah, not but as much as Al Pacino. yeah, as soon as I said that Al Pacino had been there, it's like right, we're going, we're going, we're going, don't and care. I was still sort of pitching it to the group, like, oh, it does really nice curries and stuff, and they're like. And Zach's just like, no, we're going. Okay. Al Pacino, Al Pacino, Al Pacino, Al Pacino. Well, he's one of the greatest actors ever. So, yeah. Was one of the greatest actors ever. Fine. I wasn't contesting. He's not dead, but I thought you were going to bring up um, Jack and Jill with Dunkachino. I was literally about to say, why don't we have a Dunkachino? Fuck off. Dunka, Dunka, Dunkachino. It's almost as bad as um, that. Although I love it when um, Michael Douglas says the ants. 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 Ant-Man. Ant-Man, go see Ant-Man. That's the best trailer ever. I don't care what you say, that's the best thing ever. That that should have made 28.9 million views. Not not Endgame. That. Because at that point, they'll, they'll, they can sell me the phone book and I'll, and I'll buy it. Because <laughs> it's worked. I mean, I've, I've now thought of a quickfire question, but I haven't thought of an answer to it. But, but I could... thank you for the... 
recommendation because I will go ahead and watch that. Cause no, I do seriously. Lo- I do love Lars von Trier. It just it takes a lot for me to go and sit down and watch Which those. ones of his have you seen? Oh, come to me. I'll have to Google which ones I've seen. Give me a minute. You go ahead with your quickfire question just briefly. Well, I'm trying to think of an answer for it now because it's I'll try and get Lars von Trier. Essentially. Because right? I believe I've seen a movie or two by Lars von Trier. It just doesn't really come to me currently. But with my quickfire question, it's essentially... Your one from Halloween, just instead of a horror film, okay, a Christmas film. Okay, what are you gonna say? I've forgotten what my question was. It was what classic, and now in this case, Christmas film, do you want to see a sequel to? And on I could paper, say Gremlins again. <laughs> Christmas horror film. I could say Gremlins again. You could. Come up something original. Mm. I mean, in my heart, I know I want to say Muppets Christmas Carol, no, but that really ended so Christmas. perfectly. Don't even, because I will launch you... across this table. <laughs> Just don't even go there. I'm trying to think of one as well. Like normally, I'm there with a nice prepared. I want to be. On, so. I want to be that person who goes. The Nightmare Before Christmas needs one because it needs to represent the Jewish holidays on their trees. Because lots of people get very riled up about that, and I don't give a shit if you. I don't give a shit if you're Jewish and you're underrepresented, but it's just it's a silly little animated film. Don't give it too much. Um, I would like to see Iron Man 3 get a sequel. Because it is a Christmas movie. <coughs> um, oh, this is very difficult now. Because I'm trying to think of a Christmas film. I was trying to think of one earlier to talk about, and it became very difficult. But it's just a sad question because it's like if the story is over, why go back to it? Exactly, which most Christmas films end. Mm. Which makes me think you're quite silly for asking this question. <laughs> it's making me think that as well. What is Jake even thinking? It's like the Christmas. We could give him a minute get. to redeem himself and think. Can he? Can he find a new way to do it? <laughs> it's like the Christmas sequels you do get, like um, the Tim Allen Santa Claus films. They progress it each time. Where I mean, I've got one in mind, but yeah. I don't like those Tim Allen ones. I think the only one I'd say is Elf. But I don't really want a sequel to Elf at all. Oh, God, where do you even go with that? Exactly. He's an old man, he's got a kid. <laughs> Logan, but Elf. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you've got everyone back as well. Fuck it, I'm doing Elf too. <laughs> Directed by John Favreau, again. Favreau James Caan makes a return. James Caan is never coming back to that, no matter how much you pay him. Ever. But I'll make him return. This is my ideal fantasy. Yeah. Right, I'm having Elf 2. Um, now give me a second while I think of a story. Fuck off, I collect one now. Can I do Into the Spider Verse? Because that was technically set at Christmas, wasn't it? Not at all. It was snowing for a lot of it. No, it wasn't. I thought it was at, yeah, it was. It was snowing when they were in the graveyard. Yeah, but it what wasn't was set at Christmas. Christmas. Wasn't it? It's just snowing for aesthetic. Even if, if it is set at Christmas, it's certainly not a Christmas film. Oh, so if a film is set at Christmas, it's not a Christmas film, is it? <laughs> Do not they write Ho 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 in Blood in Into the Spider Verse? I think not, young man. They do not write Ho 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 in Blood. <laughs> really also, go John McClane, right? And I hate this fucking argument. It's useless. But John McClane is in that building because it is wife's work's Christmas do. That is why he is there. Christmas. It is a Christmas film. Will Full you accept? Stop. Hate it. 
end of because I don't have like a full picture it, but it's like an interesting idea. Because I don't want, I don't want to give any more money to Johnny Depp though. Would you accept Edward Scissorhands? Uh, sustained overruled. Yeah, I don't want to give any more money to Johnny Depp. The Crimes of Grindelwald is the best film of 2018. Grindelwald is a fucking gamer. Wise up. That was the best thing that Robbie made all year. Can you calm yourself down, please? No, because Grindelwald is a fucking gamer. Um, Tell you what Grindelwald is. He's a fault. He's such a fault. But he's not as good as fault woman. Fault woman Please changed everything that I felt I really knew. Not as good as CGI woman, though. Oh, good grief. CGI fault woman. Oh, just gets my motor running just thinking about it. And on that bombshell. It's back to the studio. Because um, this has become quite difficult for me. I mean, I would like to see a sequel to The Princess Switch, but in order to discuss a sequel to The Princess Switch, I have to spoil The Princess Don't Switch. Don't you dare. Don't even think about it. No. Have to spoil the don't you don't to don't discuss you dare. the idea for a sequel. Don't you it's dare. a very clever idea. Don't you dare. But I don't want to spoil it for you, so I will refrain from doing the Princess Switch, even though it's in my top ten for the year because it's incredible. This is very difficult, really, because I mean, Christmas films just sort of end so perfectly. Yeah, I kind of hate you for doing this. <laughs> Are you still going with Elf? Christmas what? with the Cranks, let's do it, part two. Are you still going with Elf? Yeah, I'm like, still going oh, with Elf. For fuck's sake, um... Right. I'm trying to think of anything now. I've sort of semi-got an idea-ish. What for Elf? I mean, I'm just going to improvise it. I've got a starting point, and then I'm just going to see where it takes me. So I'm going to have to do the Christmas... I mean, the Princess Switch at this point. I'm going to have to do it. Don't spoil it. I'm going to have to do it. No. I'm going to have no. to do it. <laughs> no! I'm going to have to do it. Because I think The Prince of Switch actually needs to be more talked about and I think people need to discuss it more. Because a lot of people are giving it credit. Scrap Dogville, I make my recommendation of Princess Switch. That means that we can't recommend and then spoil the same film in the no, same episode. it's off. It's off. Because I can't come up with an idea otherwise. <laughs> Unless if you want me to do Batman Returns, that needs a sequel. Because then I think I'll win. So I can go on for ages about why that deserves a good sequel. You can try. I can go on for ages, you just do. Because you can either set that perfectly as a continuation of the original Michael Keaton movie, where as a younger man, you do that third movie that promised the vision of the Scarecrow appearance. Evil mobs play with Man Bat as well, apparently Tim Burton did. You do a really great grizzled movie like that, you can have that look amazing. Or you can do a third one where it's old man Michael Keaton as Batman. And that's fucking awesome because everyone loves my old man Michael Keaton. I love Logan, and I know I joked about it a minute ago, but I hate how every single sequel pitch since is like, right, it's like Logan, it's like but it's. Logan, but it's this. It's like. It's like Logan, but it's about the sex. Why? Because, yeah. No, no. no. I'm sorry. Go to your room. <laughs> Go to your room. I'm so glad you got your apartment to watch that. Even if they weren't paying attention, I'm glad you at least made an effort to sit them down and make them watch it. Thank you. I'm sure so they weren't thrilled about it. No, I'm, they, they I'm weren't. I'm glad you They're, tried. I'm, I'm happy that they watched it all the same. And really, at the end of the day, that's all that obviously matters if you're happy, isn't it? Because mm. fuck other people. Elf 2 would start off with Will Ferrell and a beard. 
and a beard. So it's a good beard. And he's got his family. Paint the picture to me. Has he? Is this like long after the original? This is a long ways after the original. Okay, it's long ways after the original. And what we do is we pull a Metal Gear Solid Four on on, on you, and instead of focusing on Will Ferrell, we focus on his son. Metal Gear Solid Four, but you mean Metal Gear Solid Two? Are you thinking of the Raiden switch? Yeah. That's Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah, <laughs> like, Raiden's in Metal Gear Solid 4, so I will let you slide on yeah, that one. But... But... Yeah, anyway. I was thinking of the underwater level. That's quite alright. That's quite alright. That's quite alright. <laughs> I, I like Metal Gear Solid 2. But anyway. Oh my god, the Princess Switch has got 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's so good. And it again shows how much of a broken system it is. That's so good. Because Christmas with the Cranks only has 6%. I'm so how does it only have 6%? <laughs> Alright, calm down. <laughs> Never calm down. Anyway. Yeah, go ahead. I'm thinking of... There are multiple ways I could take this. But... Nah, okay, let, let's go with this one. It's a coming-of-age 8th grade sort of affair where it follows Will Ferrell's kid and he had a kid with <coughs> an actual elf so but it's them trying to live so where in the first it would show you him being too large in up at the North Pole now it will show you him being too small in like the not saying there's a problem with being small, just going to clarify that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would then show the juxtaposition between his father and now him living in the everyday world. And then it it will sort of be him trying to find his Christmas cheer. He's like, I'm part elf, but I just, I'm really not feeling it. And then there'll be a call me by your name speech from Will Ferrell to his younger self, like his younger son. And then it will be saying how you don't need to be who you think you need to be you can be who you want to be and then there'll be a few things and then it'll be how he's fish out of water <coughs> instead of in like it will literally just be a contrast of the first one so he's not feeling it and everything like that and then it'll be the message of in him no longer feeling like he needs to be the Christmas spirit for his class and him no longer feeling like he needs to be that elf that his father was. He no longer feels like he needs to be the one to save Santa because Santa's in trouble again. How is Santa in trouble again? I'll tell you how Santa's in trouble. Because if at the end of Elf everyone's been made to believe, why would they stop believing? Because they could see through Elf's son's fake smile about Christmas. They could be like, well, if he doesn't believe... But then why don't they just go back to that beautiful news recording where like the boy's reading the book and everyone's like, that's what I wanted for Christmas. Because this is a Men in Black <laughs> crossover where they've all forgotten. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, so they, they, they ate so much candy that night that they then Went passed out. Ah. And then now they're back with it and they're like, was it a dream? Is it not a dream? And that then, to me is a clear scientific formula. But some people are like, oh, okay, maybe it was a hoax or whatnot. <laughs> But anyway, so they'll be like, we can see he's not actually passionate about it. So why should we believe in Santa if he even he doesn't himself? And he's supposedly supposed to be going to the North Pole for Christmas. What's going on? And then it will be in him finding 
that he doesn't need to be that person and he can be who he wants to be, that he then finds the Christmas spirit because it's about giving, not and to the people you love and want to be around, not about who people think that you need to be. Mm-hmm. So in that, people then find their Christmas spirit. And just before he goes up to the North Pole for the holidays, everyone helps Santa out. It'll be beautiful. I know this sounds like utter shit, but I'm Tell me who you'd cast as Elf's son. kid from Insidious who was in um, Iron Man 3 and <coughs> Jurassic I'm annoyed World. you didn't give Insidious a higher rating because it's a really good horror film. I couldn't get into it. The whole the whole time watching Insidious, I could just it just felt like there was a person behind the camera. I couldn't get into it. That's unfortunate because I love it. So, it's very well established at the end of The Princess Switch. That there I don't is... want to listen to it. No, <laughs> it's very well established no, 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 in the no, no, no. that clearly no. there's another wedding. There's another wedding on the cards. Because if you think Maggie, no, no, what am I saying? Maggie and Kevin, like clearly, like they've done the whole bouquet flowers thing, so it's like they're clearly ready to get married. And he says, like, "What you got planned for New Year's?" And I can't believe Jake has just like got his fingers on his ears. Hey. I listened. You will listen. Because you have to give a rebuttal to this argument. Have to. So. Uh, <laughs> you're never going to watch it. Yes, you're never going to watch it. It's going to be my favourite film of 2018. <laughs> you're never going to watch it. <laughs> I, I sat down to watch it and this was better than Roma. Princess Switch. Probably higher rated on that than Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah. As we can clearly see... Stacy and the prince, they're very happy. Stacy throws the bouquet of flowers and Margaret catches it. And it's like, oh my God, I'm clearly next to get married. So he turns to Kevin and then he's like, what are you going on on New Year's? So you then have instantly got the perfect idea for a sequel. You set it between Christmas and New Year's. So it's a very short timeline. You could even make it a bit of like a, sort of like a 24 situation where it's like the the clock is counting down because... They've got a mad dash to get a, re- a wedding ready for New Year's Eve. The princess and... Well, actually now, because they're technically both princesses, because she's gone into hiding, whereas she's assumed her identity. They're having... Spoilers, Zach. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers for the princess switch. I do apologise. Because they can do that. And now, Stacy, whilst they're like planning the marriage, Stacy and the prince, they can try to get to know each other. I hear Stacy's because... mum's got it going on. I hear too because Stacey and the Prince they get married at the end of the movie and they've known each other for maybe three days but he is aware that completely that he's in love with her after three days I mean it only feels natural it only feels natural in this kind of film so it's that point right well we get to know each other as we're planning the wedding like, this yeah, it is turns brilliant. into a horror they despise each other no 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 no, no. They, they, they continue their love because I was sold on their love I don't want them to fall apart and the wedding is coming ahead it looks like it's being planned amazingly Margaret is ready to marry Kevin. She's ready to give up the princess life. Kevin is the man for her. She knows. The man on the street told her at the beginning of the movie. But suddenly, we remember the villain from the first Princess Switch movie. Dun, dun, dun. The evil couple from the baking competition who tried to spoil Stacy's efforts. No, Margaret's efforts in the baking competition. They return because they're upset that even after having sabotaged Margaret's work, they could still not get first place 
So they return. They kidnap Margaret. And then it's a story from there. Because you've got to then have Stacy going for Margaret. But will the prince learn to do that by herself? No, he won't. He thinks, I need to come with you. So not only is it a bonding moment for them as they try to rescue Margaret, you've got the thrill of them trying to rescue Margaret. So it's kind of a romance thriller. It's very much like Mr. and Mrs. Smith or Night and Day with Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz, which was an okay movie. In ways... It's the perfect girl and boy film because you've got them. They're trying to get there before New Year's. The spirit of Christmas is still on them. They save Margaret and then will she get to Kevin in time? That That's for you then to find out in the film. But it does leave it open for a sequel, for a trilogy of Princess Switch movies. And leave, leave me to say this because they can throw the bouquet and then at the very end, the plucky waiter and driver who were in the Princess Switch that you fell in love with in the first one, he could catch the bouquet. Because he was a character I was interested in the first one, because he played Mr. Jeffries in Wolfblood. And he's some he's somehow in the Princess Switch, which is quite weird. But that's my idea. I would call it the Princess Switch 2 Rush Hour. Why not the Princess Switch 2 co on Hades? <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. If you'd said colon Hades, then I'd have instantly given you the point. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really quite astounded at myself there that I could like restrain myself and not go further in depth about the Princess Switch because it is just so great. I mean, my main point from that is, I mean, I agree. Night and Day is alright. Directed by James Mangold. Was it really? But, yeah. Uh, but... Other than that, I don't really know how to counteract it because because you, do, you just... know how brilliant it is. Like you know for a fact, Will Ferrell's a busy man. That's why he's not going to be in it a lot. He's just going to have one really heartfelt scene, very akin to one that's in Thunder Road, where he's there. He's talking about his kid to the parent, and the parent's like, "I really don't think he's happy." James Caan is an older man. Do you really want to force him back into this movie? I do. That's not nice. <laughs> that's not very nice to do something. Vanessa Hudgens is a young working girl. Netflix can afford to lose money on this. James Caan. James Caan has got. We wouldn't lose any money on this. We wouldn't lose any money on this because it would be critically acclaimed. It would be the. It would just be. It would just be announced as the best. How has John Favreau got time to work on your film though when he's busy on the Mandalorian? How has he got time? Because he's no longer director. Because he's no longer directing the Orville, so he has time now. He directed the Orville. He directed the first episode of your Fuck me, John Favreau, get your name in line. In your life, Christ. But I think like the fact that no one's asking for an L sequel. No one was like enticed into the idea of a sequel. They were just they came out of Elf and they were like, I enjoyed the ride that I had with that. But the Princess Switch people were coming out desperate to see if that wedding took place. Because he clearly says it and he's got that charming smile that Kevin's had throughout the whole film, and you're enticed by the look of Kevin. He's got the cleanest, whitest teeth I've ever seen. And you think, this man looks amazing. And you're still seeing it during the wedding, because Stacey still clearly looks quite worried about the fact she's got to marry a prince. How long have I been going on about the princess switch for now? I don't know how long you've been going on for, but it, we are now at two hours. <laughs> this is incredible. Well, 1.54. This is incredible. I can go on for another six minutes about the princess switch, I guarantee Please you. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you besmirch the good name of the princess switch. Think... And I'll say this, if you wanted to do an elf sequel, it'd be even better you do it as the animated story that he is taught telling in the book and then you can make it a child friendly version that hasn't got lots of the profanity of the first one you can make it more accessible to kids why do you need to make it more accessible to kids because when... the studio loves to do that so they can get an extra few pennies in their pocket which will make it more likely to be made 
If all, to all the boys I loved before can get a sequel, the Princess Switch can definitely get a sequel. That's me dropping my mic. I mean, you still have about five minutes to go of your six minutes of the Princess Switch. Do you know, it's like really intense when they do the bake-off. You won't believe it, because it's like... And then there's the beautiful moment, because it's like they've just won first place, and they have to be awarded by the royal family, and then they suddenly see each other, and it's like, oh no, what do we do? The principal realises... So as we move into what's appertaining, after we have finished our quickfire question, that but yeah, that's for you to vote. put up on Elf Twitter. And the Princess Switch. I just hope out of just sheer... Dignant, like human decency. I mean, even though you by far gave the better pitch for a sequel, I just hope that out of sheer human decency, people don't vote for, me. Vote for the Princess Switch. <laughs> I hope out of sheer human decency, and because lots of people work very hard on it, that you make an effort to go and watch the Princess Switch sometime this holiday. Because it is incredible and it will change your life. And 24 frames will likely better for it. But anyway. What's appertaining? Fucking tons is appertaining. Uh, Christmas film-wise, I haven't seen as many as I'd like to, but go and see Muppets Christmas Carol in cinema tomorrow. Good boy. Which I'm very happy about. Good. Very, very happy about. Other than that, got a few lined up. Doing my recommendation from last year, Rare Exports, uh, again, probably tonight, because I haven't seen that in a while. Been meaning to rewatch. Got a few others that I've been meaning to do. I've sort of all but forgotten of Twelve Days of Christmas that are planned, but I'll yeah. just binge we'll, all we'll those do it films. Next year. We'll do it next year. We'll make a big thing out of it on Twitter when we're actually more organised and planned because this was a hefty Christmas. So we got back from Plymouth, and if we weren't scripting or editing or brainstorming, we had to go and do Christmas shopping. Mm. That's a hard time, and one of us was very ill, so it's me and Spoon. Is that your WhatsApp team? Hmm. Mine was even worse. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. I've watched barely anything that upsets me. I've, I've tried to watch a bit. I'm going to hopefully watch mid-90s when I get home. Hopefully. Because that looks beautiful. Apparently it's shot really well. And it'll make me feel sad. But I hope to eventually watch um, The Haunting of Hill House. Finish that this Christmas. And I will watch Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Because, hell yeah. <sighs> Riverdale Cinematic Universe. needs to happen. And yeah, by primarily just scripting and filming little bits for our end of year films, which we hope to eventually have out because we're being graded on them and then we desperately need them to go well. <laughs> yeah, I'm just on reshoots and Foley at the minute, and then I'm done on one of them. And then yeah, I've Peter got film the other. I've got literally two minutes to shoot no not two minutes like 30 seconds to shoot in the woods and then I've done with one of them just got to edit it and the other I've got to do it'll take two hours won't be too long at all because I've got a very interesting long take planned for it that will be quite difficult because it will involve water and I don't want the camera near it but I think it'll be quite brutal I think it'll make some people in the audience think oh that was a bit of a step but I don't know who knows so that's been our week yeah, now I've been back home. I've been utilising the projector, making sure I watch as many on, as much on that as possible. But <coughs> yeah, we're we're very tired. One minute thirty away from two hours. Um, we can think of something to talk about for one minute thirty. We're seconds. every Fortnite YouTuber. Anyway, this, that... this is something we because I made a joke about it at the beginning about fuck Bill Moore, but we didn't actually say. 
rest in peace, Stanley. We didn't get a chance to say that in any way for anything. Like we all, we both said it on Twitter individually, and we made our mm. commiserations. But rest in peace, what a guy! What, what an time. absolute bloke! Yeah. Honestly, in in the world of entertainment, he pretty much shaped a yeah. lot of what we now know. For me, it's love. him and Steve Jobs, like two of those big titans that like crafted the medium crafted the imagination what did Steve Jobs do for film not not film I mean like oh, technology yeah. and entertainment yeah, yeah yeah, I thought he meant like he directed something no no, no, like, no, no, no like what you know, he gave the means to bring Stanley's world to life and it's like helps mm. yeah. yeah Stanley was a true titan and it's devastating loss yeah but we're like every Fortnite YouTuber that makes each video to 10 minutes long so they can put in as many ads as they can. Hell yeah. And we're just trying to make it to... I mean, we have 15 seconds to fill before we get to two hours. But we do promise a very big episode next time where we will be discussing certain films as Black Landsman, First Man, Halloween, Into the Spider-Verse, probably A Star is Born because I'll have then seen it. I'm seeing it on New Year's. Can't yeah, wait. I've been dying to talk to you about oh. that. I'm annoyed that I haven't been able to watch it. We will try and fit searching in because I enjoyed it. It'd be good to maybe talk about it for five seconds. Don't forget the critically acclaimed Predator film that also came out this year. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, how could I talk about that when we've also got to talk about Venom? Knock, knock. Let the devil we in. will let the devil in. Let the devil in. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to do the entire thing in a Venom voice. Good luck to you for that. I'm I mean, learn the Venom voice. just for that, I'm going to make sure that we talk about Venom for at least two hours, just yeah. so it fully kills your throat. Hell yeah. And what else are we going to talk about that will be some of our final thoughts for the year? I'd like to pop in eighth grade. Yeah. Because I love eighth grade. Well, I have a few other films to pop in. Like, I'm doing a Bumble video recommend. Oh, yes. Yes. I have a few other films that I'm going to recommend in an upcoming video. And then get Zach to see them because they're very good, very good. But yes, but yes. big plans for next year. Big plans. Why are you doing this in this accent? That's like clearly upsetting people. Yes, always. Why do you keep on doing this? Like because I mean, there've been many instances this year where I think it's like you kind of have taken it too far and you've just annoyed people and they've said like, "Can you stop?" I mean, Zoe's one of them. She said, "Can you stop?" Many a time. And you've thrown it in her face. And been rude about her illustrious acting career. I have never been rude about her illustrious <laughs> How acting career. How dare you, career. sir? How dare you, sir? <laughs> Come into this holy house casting aspersions like that. Who do you think you are? It's literally the scene in Being Human where he tries to walk in uninvited and his skin literally melts off. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> Such a good practical sequence. I love it. Because he literally looks like he's on fire. <laughs> like, you poor fuck. So, that's been our very tangenty, half-hour-long, two-hour snowy popcorn special. God, we did that, didn't we? Um, where we managed to literally bullshit for two hours. Um, so I hope boldly you made it this far. I'm sorry if yeah, you did. Yeah, sorry if you did. Like, seriously, read a book. <laughs> Learn a trade. Uh, so, don't, yeah. Don't listen to this and then we're convinced to do more of it. This will be going up Christmas Day, if all goes to plan. Good man. So, and if not, hope you have a Merry Christmas. And if not, it will stay in the vault and it will be our version of Disney's Song of the South. Except 
100% less racist. Yeah, but we'll never let it out. It'll be in the black archives. Oh, fuck now. <laughs> in the famous words of Charlie Brooker. Hang on, that's my line. <laughs> I don't care. The famous words of Charlie Brooker. Go away. Thank fuck that's over. <laughs> that was so good, though. Come on, that was so good. I'm, I'm very proud of how we discussed the Princess Switch, though. How you discussed the Princess Switch. I can't believe you're not excited to watch it after that. No, I am excited. That's why I didn't want you to spoil it. How could but you? I haven't really spoiled it. How could you? I haven't really spoiled it that much. Like. 